You ever thought about whether this is really the life you want? Do you ever dream you're someone else? And that none of this matters. Welcome to Westworld. You think you've got a handle on what this is gonna be? You have no idea. There's something different about you. I think there's something wrong with this world. Or there's something wrong with me. Their lives are blissful, purer than ours. The hosts are the ones who are free. Here, under my control. There's a deeper game here. Something that person who created it wanted to express. Something true. And that game cuts deep. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Viewing Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 87, and my name is Scott. My name's Jared. My name is Michael. Nice. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching, uh, as well as the Week in Film News, for our featured review of the controversial mm-hmm. birth uh, bomb, box office bomb. Yes. Uh, the Birth of a Nation from director... Nate Parker. Lot to talk about. I don't know how we get through this one without mentioning a couple of... Oh, Sorry, is the controversy about the film or about Nate? Like, it's about it... the director, I yeah. would say. Okay, that's what I thought. We can get into more on that later, I guess, sounds, right? Sounds good to me. Uh, you can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes or through the podcast software of your choice. You can leave us your favorite recipe with a five-star review. Just go to iTunes. <clears throat> this is what we ask every week. We've had sweet marinades on there. We've had uh, amazing casseroles. We've done it all. BLTs. What are we having this week on our iTunes recipe, fellas? I did like how last week, or when was it when you said, on the spot every time, because we never <laughs> think about this ahead of time. <laughs> uh, uh, how about a pumpkin pie? I don't know. In oh, the, thanks, yes. the vein of Thanksgiving, your best pumpkin pie yes. recipe. And barring that, no, not barring that, but... If you don't have a pie recipe, some sort of pumpkin... Pumpkin-related thing. Pumpkin-flavored mm-hmm. confection. I, I suppose we should say pumpkin happy tarts. Thanksgiving to all of our Canadian listeners out there. Yes, it is uh, the Monday that we have off here in uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. So please, leave us uh, your favorite... I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin pie, but I'm sure you guys are. Yes. Love it. Everyone seems to. I, I think that's probably because you eat it once a year. Twice. I would Twice eat a year? it more often if it were pumpkin season. Well, I think you can probably buy it year-round, right? No, you can buy the pumpkin puree as much yeah, as you filling, want. Yeah, the filling. Yeah. We just have to find somebody so, to put it in a pie. Leave yeah. us your greatest and latest uh, pumpkin pie recipe. Pumpkins, actually. I, I'll eat pumpkin as well. It's pumpkins. Head, oh. he, head down to Pumpkin Chunkin' Pun- if you get a chance. Pumpkin Heinz? Pumpkin. <clears throat> where they launch those pumpkins. <laughs> You can also visit our website. It is verticalviewing.com. So after you've left your amazing pumpkin pie recipe, you can also, if you have a couple bucks lying around, if you like what we do here, we truly appreciate anything that the listeners can donate uh, at our verticalviewing.com PayPal link on every episode. It it would help us try out that pumpkin pie recipe, actually, Mm -hmm. and then review it on the show. I'm just going to read it and dream about what it would taste like but if you are feeling generous then perhaps we could purchase the ingredients it would be nice and it offsets the cost of seeing movies putting on the show 
you just go to verticalviewing.com, that yellow donate button, super easy. Bitcoin, who knows? Dogecoin. Dogecoin, yes. Uh, All sorts of cryptocurrency. Yeah. It, the the links are invisible, though. So. Like, U.S. dollars are preferred, but, you know. It's, can, it, it, it's yeah, it, it's up to you. It goes much further. We appreciate everything that you guys can give. You can send your thoughts and recommendations to our email address. It is verticalviewing at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Vertical Viewing. How is our Instagram page doing, Mike? So far, was, so was that good. Your, or, was that your ticket or, stuff or, there, Red? That was mine. I've been I've been trying to keep it active when I go. Uh, I forgot to take well a picture done. of the the sign for Operation Avalanche when I went. So, if we remember, I'm going to add another one tonight, like uh, we did this last <coughs> time, and we took a picture of the board. Um, I'm going to upload a picture that I took when I went to see Birth of a Nation that will uh, illustrate how, just how busy it was. Yes, yes, I'm it sure was. It was I'm sure, we all had a very similar experience. I'll, very, I'll, very interesting, interesting weekend for yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So that's check our check our Instagram. Our social media pages are all at vertical viewing. We we oh, we dominate the internet, folks. Okay, <laughs> you cannot look anywhere and not see the VVP crew. Just like I mean, try to avoid us. Yeah, there's blimps flying over the Super Bowl. It's great. Do we wait? Yeah. Do, do you we, thought it said Goodyear? No. Do we vertical still have viewing. a MySpace page? No. Uh, we retired that. <laughs> My face. <laughs> yeah, my face is what you want. Guys, let's get into the show here. Please. Uh, there's a ton to talk about. It's there is. It is crazy. Yeah. I've, I've been to the Vancouver Vertical, the Vertical Viewing Film Festival, actually. VIF <laughs> <laughs> uh, has been going on for me. I got some stuff to talk about, but Red, you yeah, weren't here. I can't wait. You weren't here last week. I wasn't, um, but I did watch a bunch of stuff, Ooh. so I can't wait to talk about Yes, let's do this. This is, gonna be, this is going to be a huge episode. Do it. Well, I guess I'll start way back on September the 28th. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't need the dates. Wow. Cool. Uh, well, I, wa- I watched True Grit. Oh. Wicked. Yes. Nice. How good is this movie, right? Oh, Jeff Bridges. It, it took the taste of Magnificent Seven right out of my mouth. See, that's a great... That's a good way to do it. That's a great call. Yeah. 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 It was, you know, Rooster Cogburn or Cockburn or whatever. I think it's Cockburn. He is just the best. I mean, not really. He's kind of a bad, bad guy. I guess he's not the best guy to to find. Your he's a morally gray guy, but he gets the job done. Anyways, it was a great movie. It's About fifteen so percent of his lines are just unintelligible. <laughs> it feels like the yeah. words get caught in his beard. Varmint. He does crotchety so well in that. <clears throat> he, and drunk, like yes. riding his horse drunk for a great deal of the film, just swaying in his saddle. And that's when you really can't understand him. He's just, I'm mad with two boys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, like, like a, he, he took a lot of that performance and transformed it into his character in Hell or High Water. He toned it down a little in Hell or High Water, but right? he definitely drew upon that. Um, also, if you've seen Bone Tomahawk, I think less with the drawl, but uh, well, that's Kurt, cowboy stuff. Right? Kurt Russell, right? Yeah, that's not Jeff Bridges. Thanks oh, for coming. Really? <laughs> um, I, I got them mixed up. It's been a while since I Whoa. saw Bone Tomahawk. You, you I guess. didn't. You didn't do that. You did just you? Co- you just cost us a five star review. Uh, now we're down to four. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> aside from watching Jeff Bridges, who is one of the greatest actors 
ever, literally ever. Like yeah, let's just let's so just good. let's just establish that. Uh, Roger Deakins kicks some serious oh. ass. Yeah, in how Fruit good does this movie look? This like, opening the, shot with the with the uh, the snow falling when uh, you know Haley Steinfeld's and her father gets killed on the front porch, and it's just this glowing streetlight on this. You know, I don't know. Everything, every shot is impeccable yeah. as always um, there was uh, a lot at the end that's really beautiful too right like when she when he's riding through the night and the horse is all sweaty um or even after that when you see the one-armed woman in the dark dress just really beautiful the whole film um so yeah true grit check it out if you haven't seen it but i hope everybody listening has seen it yeah, but seriously, check it out if you haven't seen it. Well, I mean, we, did, we didn't even talk about Matt Damon. You know, Back in Texas, we made do with a fire about half this size. Like, <laughs> I am not accustomed to such a large fire. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Uh, to I, such so large a fire. Yeah, I'm not accustomed to so large a fire. I do love how in this movie, everybody, <clears throat> there's no contractions. Like, everybody would say, like, I am shot. I be, I've, I've heard that there are no contractions in any of <coughs> like i have heard the coen brothers work oh really I'm, i i think i may, probably made that up but i they don't use them very often from what i understand There's, uh, it's very pronounced in this film though is the, twer a word would that, <laughs> would that a twer, a twer? <laughs> would that a twer <laughs> um yeah that, uh moving on so what I'm, else you got i also have been continuing to watch narcos season two i'm almost done can't wait to wrap that up uh, if people are not watching Narcos, you need to be. Um, it's really just gripping. Um, so much so that I have held, I've restrained myself from going online to refresh my memory on what happened to Mr. Escobar in real life. And I can't wait for the series to get there. It's so exciting and just fun to watch. I really love it. So this means you haven't had a chance to see Westworld. Uh, well, let me get there. Um, You're saving it. Yeah, I got I got a list here. Oh, oh Christ, that's um, great. That is a list. This yeah. is great. I got Luke Cage, but um, Miss Michael over here has already <laughs> talked at length about it, and I believe... Yeah, we had a good one last week. We yeah. actually... Yeah, uh, I've watched more. I'm at episode eight now, and it's sort of played out how I thought it would, mm -hmm. uh, and also I'm not as interested in this as I am the other series. And I don't know, I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it's because the plot just seems very silly to me a lot of the time. And I can't go into specifics because I don't want to ruin things for sure. you. Sure. The acting's still great. Is you think just, it, is it, is it great? So, I that's, don't, a good, that's a good question. I don't there know are if some Luke Cage has acted great. There are some really good actors in it. Mike Coulter himself is okay as Luke Cage. Um, Fair enough. But the fights, what, like... There's even more fights that they get a little more weight behind them. It looks like he actually punches the dude as opposed to they just fall down like, you know. Paper men? Yeah. And I know he's a super strong guy, but there's these guys still weigh a couple hundred pounds. They're going to fly through the air with some weight to them instead of just falling. No, they're in wire harnesses. Yeah, so that <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I... Uh, it's I'm, really... I'm, I'm, this is not... The, the choreography in this one... It's... Not Although, what did you think of uh, in scene or in episode three? There's the hallway scene because if you're going to be in Marvel Netflix, you got to have a hallway scene, right? I thought it pales in comparison to the other series. Yeah, I agree. Is there, is there one in 
the Jessica Jones? Yes, there yeah. is. Oh, get the fuck out of here. No. Every, every, yep. So I think it's going to be like the thing. Every series is going to have And according to one old, at a time, It's going right? to have an old boy scene in every one. Well, now it's going to be just known as the... Well, it was the hallway scene before, right? It wasn't the old boy scene. So we're talking about single take shots down a hallway with, with not necessarily Matt Corey. The single take thing is not as strict anymore. Like okay, Daredevil okay, did okay. that then really, that, really And well. then this, this argument. Yeah. We the, can... Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that, those are my thoughts on Luke Cage. It's mediocre. It, it's it's following two stellar shows, Jessica Jones being the best of them, Daredevil being a close second. Season two had its flaws, but then uh, I still liked it, and now Luke Cage. And I think it's because I'm a big fight fan, and while the story is interesting enough, I don't think it's moving fast enough, and the fights are just so lackluster. Like there's no, they're not visually interesting to watch. Yeah. So I'm kind of bored. Which is yeah, unfortunate because I really want to like with it. Heavy stuff and doesn't really have any finesse. Yeah, but I'm still gonna I'm gonna power through the next seven episodes, seven, six episodes, five. Where am I? Five episodes. <laughs> do, do you guys feel like you're spoiled because you saw Daredevil and it's like so kick ass? Well, and Iron Fist is coming out soon. Yeah, soon. and Punisher. Yeah, so there's I, some awesome stuff coming, and it looks like it's kind of like we're just coasting with Luke Cage. Punisher is not out yet? No. Okay. He was he appeared in Daredevil season 2. <clears throat> I also noticed in Luke Cage the special effects are shitty and it's and I was realizing most of the other series didn't use a whole lot of special effects. Yeah, yeah. So the Jessica budget, Jones used nothing. It was like blue uh, purple lights and Yeah. So the the budget mm. must be small for these series because they tried to do more grand things with Luke Cage and it looks kind of stupid. I Although found. it like so iron well maybe we should save we'll save iron fist for news. Yeah. Yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move it along. What else is going on? Um okay, so I read two books, uh two graphic novels, number 1 and 2 of uh Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez's uh Lock and Key. Number 1 is called Welcome to Lovecraft and number 2 is called Head Games. Welcome to Lovecraft. Yeah. So Lovecraft is the town where uh, Lock Manor, I think, or Lock House. I I don't have this written down. That's fine. (laughs) I got so many things written down here. But anyways, um, so Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King, um, an excellent writer, um, written some really great short stories. uh, And this is his first graphic novel with Rodriguez, who's a great uh, illustrator. Um, cool. Yeah. This, the premise is basically that, uh, these kids get sent to, uh, the family estate where, uh, there's all these weird doors and, uh, this, there's all these, I like it already. This, the littlest kid keeps finding, well, it starts with him finding one key, uh, in, uh, welcome to Lovecraft where he's just playing all day. Right. And like adults don't pay any attention to him, attention to him. So when he finds a key that, when you go through it and you turn into a ghost and he tells people this and even shows his sister, she just thinks he's weird for pretend lying on the floor, pretending he's dead. Meanwhile, he, you know, he's, he's a ghost. Um, okay. Uh, so he finds other keys and things are crazy. And you know, there's someone that gets released from the well out back by accident, perhaps who isn't so good. Mm, I like it. Um, yeah, so it's it's very good. Nice. Very entertaining. Nice. Okay. I have a, I have a bit of a soft spot crazy. for stories that revolve around creepy houses with weird things going on. So, Oh, dude, this is okay. right up your alley. Sounds good. And, and I mean, 
a bunch of Stephen King. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. What, have, you, have you been watching anything, I, Scott? I, I, I should talk about some stuff here. Yeah. I, I was at VIF. Um, I got to see the new Studio Ghibli film, The Red Turtle. Mm. Uh, Ghibli? This movie is about 85 minutes long. Okay. Respectable animated Not film. Not too long. How hard did you cry on a scale of, um, like... There's I, onions cutting. I definitely. I didn't. I didn't cry as hard as. Uh, I didn't cry as hard as I did when I saw the movie Tower, the movie about the uh, the, the shoot, sniper, the sniper oh, yeah. in, in Austin, the animated, yeah, thing. That, that movie scoped right. That, that movie had me completely crushed and obliterated Damn. and blown away at the same time. Uh, this movie's not as powerful, but it's much more gentle, much more fragile. Wordless animated film about a man. Castaway situation, I would guess. Mm-hmm. Say so. Guy washes up on a beach, um, and there's no dialogue throughout the entire thing. Very, it looks very Belgian. I wrote on the top of my review here, Belgian as fuck. As in like <laughs> band dessinée, like, like like Tintin. Tin, think about Tintin. Tintin. Is it animation? That sti- that's that's a, a like movement. It's a very French looking film. It's a Studio Ghibli movie, but this is not anime at all. Right. This is interesting. Uh, like, like it looks like a, it's a very European looking movie. He's on a very detailed looking plate, you know, at like the the tiny. It reminds me of Jeff Darrell's work a bit. Like the the lines are so fine and detailed and tiny. Like the each shot has thousands of intricate little pencil lines and ink marks. You know, like each little individual leaf of this it would take forever. To island do. is drawn individually. It looks like. Um, like the amazing amount of detail in like the foliage and the water and the bamboo stalks on this island. Um, but this movie's really about like the cycle of life, the passage of time. This man, not to spoil too much, uh, he starts trying to escape from the island and he's knocking down bamboo shoots, building little rafts. And uh, every time that he tries to leave, kind of similar to castaway every time he tries to leave the sort of reef that surrounds the island uh he gets pushed back in this case it's a giant red turtle that keeps knocking his boat and destroying it keeping him on the island so this red turtle has all these really bizarre fantastical elements to it i don't want to ruin too much the twist is mind-blowing to me uh but a woman ends up on the beach with him. It's in the trailer. This. So I don't want to ruin sort of that that moment, maybe. In the movie, if you don't know it, it's actually really powerful. A woman ends up appearing on the beach uh, after, you know, with this turtle. Or does she? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's, you know, a love story, and she basically falls in love with, you know, the man and woman fall in love, have a kid. Uh, and it it just sort of comes full circle in this cycle of life kind of story uh it reminds me of the world turtle i don't know if you guys have seen this imagery it's like the turtle with the world on, on its, its back, back. yeah with well, the turtle with the elephants <clears throat> with the disc yeah that's terry pratchett <clears throat> i don't know if that's what's going on here there's Turtles an ama- all the way down there's an amazing tsunami sequence in this that's like insanely it's breathtaking and exhilarating and terrifying um I don't know why you, the, the point that this movie makes could have maybe been done in 30 minutes, but it's But still, did you enjoy the full length of it then? Oh, I gave it an eight and a half. It's a, it's a masterpiece. It's an incredible movie. Awesome. It's, it's powerful and perfect and awesome. magical. 
Um, the red turtle. It's the 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 the. the the twist sort of that sort of brings it all together at the end. Like, I don't understand what it means mm. and I don't understand what the director is getting at. Mm. And I love that. And I have to do some work and I have to think about it. And I, I saw it on, you know, on Thursday last week and I still don't know what to make of it. You've really mm, got me interested because like I was already keen to see this simply because it, the animation is different and studio. Mm-hmm. I, do they, I think they say Ghibli, even though it's supposed to be pronounced Ghibli. I think it is, yeah. Like the Italian plane that it's named after is, is called the Ghibli. Yeah. But in with Studio Ghibli. When, it's, when, the, when the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever, when the logo came up in my screening at VIF, the, the entire audience erupted in applause. Wow. Just, just at the logo. Whoa. A lot of fans in the audience. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing, guys. Studio uh, the, the red, the red turtle is spectacular. Sweet, uh, Mike. What's going on? I went to go see Operation Avalanche after your glowing review. <sighs> I don't think I liked it quite as much as you did. No, but uh, it's different than what I thought it was going to be because you said it was a mockumentary. It and it's not in any way, shape, or form a mockumentary. Okay, it's a found footage. <laughs> it's a found footage conspiracy film. But they're they're making a, a documentary in it. Yeah, but it's a found footage. Like it, we're watching the film that he put together of proof of everything they did, so he can keep Fair himself enough. alive. Fair enough. I guess when I think mockumentary, I just mean a fake, a documentary that is that is passed off to the audience as a real yeah, okay. thing. Yeah, fair enough. You know, no, it, like it, it's not in the same vein as Spinal Tap in that way of being self aware, but. It's 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 if if you weren't aware of sort of the, the backstory, you would look at this and go, "Did you see this thing that happened?" Like you know, you're you're trying to pass it off as True real, enough. maybe. True enough. Uh, I liked. You're right. There were some very tense moments in it, like the car chase towards <clears throat> the end. Amazing. Was really intense. Uh, I do have to say, if if the audience isn't aware, Ab- Operation Avalanche is what the story. Uh, it's it's the story of. Uh, well, in the film, it's a bunch of CIA guys that infiltrate nasa trying to find a mole but instead find out that we can't make it to the moon in time so pitch the idea to the cia heads that they're gonna film a fake moon landing so that they can fake it so we'll we'll launch everybody up in this the rocket and then we'll start playing this footage of them actually landing and they actually broad the idea is to broadcast the footage from from the lunar from the shuttle they they just can't land they can orbit the moon they can't land they can't land and take off yet so they'll just broadcast the film they've already created that went up with them they'll broadcast it from there so it seems legit and the nasa guys will think it's actually happening uh because they've got all this recorded successful um information from tests so they'll think this moon landing is actually happening which it's it's pretty great it's amazing. Um, and then there's like this dangerous element of the CIA agents like tracking them down and like in the JFK era, you know, like assassinating people. It sounds who, like an interesting film. Like well, it, it would it's be incredible. Like, well, thrilling to watch. And they bring up Operation Northwoods, which is their other option where they shoot the shuttle, they shoot Apollo 11 out of the sky and blame the Russians. There's amazing stuff in this movie. Like it's every conspiracy theory you ever wanted wrapped into one beautiful package. And. Did I oversell the opening, the transition from that shitty black and white footage to just how great everything looks when it 
when they're on that road trip with a, CCR. A playing, little, a think? little, only because it's still shitty film quality. <laughs> yeah, it's still sixteen million. <laughs> um, Fair enough. It, it, it's it's a huge leap, and I do like it. It's done very well because he just says. You need to buy better cameras if we're going to do this. All of a sudden, he's super excited in color from yeah. black and white, it and it's great. much better. Yeah. Uh, my my biggest complaint about this film, and it might be because I was sitting slightly too close to the screen, is I can see why they made it such a shaky cam thing that they did. Uh, because they're not supposed to be documentary filmmakers. They're just dudes from the CIA that are going there to shoot things, pretending to be documentary filmmakers. But I, like, my, my girlfriend actually left 30 minutes in. I almost had to leave at the end because it's so shaky. Huh. Uh, like, the camera work is, <clears throat> they do a lot of close-ups, but it's zoomed in from far away with a handheld camera. So it's very jittery hmm. for for no reason, I find. Like, it's, the decision seems to be to make it a little more authentic. Like, these guys don't necessarily know what they're doing. But that brings up the conversation of, well... Do you want to be as authentic as you can to the story of the film, or do you want to make it accessible to the audience? And you kind of need to have a balance. And I think it was just a little too much in one direction. I, I'm curious to see what it looks like on like Blu-ray on home. You know, it'll it would be much better on a smaller screen. I just on mm-hmm. the, on the large screen, it was super disorienting. Yeah, did you? Why would you ever watch a 16 millimeter like? you know, sort of file footage from the CIA? You know, like yeah. lock, you know, storage facility. Well, for for example, he, like he walks into a phone booth at one point, but the the camera like is super zoomed in and follows him left and right and kind of up and down. Like, why are you moving all over the place for this? Like, there's no need yeah. for it. Uh, that was the only thing that brought it down for me. And I can uh, see otherwise, that. otherwise, I really like. I was like, okay, this this is intense. I like the idea. It was well done. So, mm-hmm. uh, just be careful. That would be my. <laughs> my advice to anybody it's your it, it is your blair witch it, yeah it's very there is a lot yeah. of shaky cam um so if you're prone to motion sickness maybe wait till it's on small screen but yeah see it for sure there because <clears throat> found it's, footage it's, is not for everybody yeah mm-hmm. yeah it can yeah it can make you green but it's a great yeah. it, it's great to check out for for sure i loved it yeah i'll have to revisit it see where it lands red what else you got um well i got a i got a I don't even know if I want to talk about this one because you watched Westworld. Please say yes. I'll get there. (laughs) He's got a list, man. This is not that. This is a movie that I watched and is so bad. It's called Money Monster. I watched, dude. I've watched this and we've talked about it on the podcast. I don't think you were here. I guess I wasn't because this Julia Roberts and directed by Jodie Foster came out this year. Um, Surprisingly, it's already available on. on the old Netflix. Yeah, ask anybody if they've heard of Money uh, Monster. George Clooney, Julia Roberts, uh, Dominic West, and Jack O'Connell as Kyle. <laughs> um, bad. Don't watch it. it um, I, I don't even want to say any more about it because it's just like it was like unless you want to laugh with your friends about how unreal and just like stupid it is. <laughs> Cause then it was fun for that reason. We like we watched Ooh, the whole it's movie. A so, and it's we're a just so like bad joke, like, laughing about. It, it feels good like, heckling movie, uh, like a yes. jo- like a Joel Schumacher movie from the nineties or something. Right? It, it was bad. Mm. The, the, the I remember when Tim Tim said this movie sounds terrible. It's so Those predictable. Words, when I, when when I explained to him the the ending sequence where sort of no spoilers here, Julia Roberts is like directing the NYPD. 
Yeah, she's directing the entire hostage situation in the same way she would direct the TV show from, like, the producer's yeah, box. Money, Money Monster is, like, happening in the middle of a hostage situation. Which is, like, a... In a live... A gym, in, like, in the middle of a bank, he gets a TV to, like, show graphics on and stuff. It's what? ridiculous. Um, okay. It's really bad. Don't waste your time. <laughs> no, okay. don't, don't. I don't, I don't want to waste your time with it. Um, and I'm not going to talk about that other one yet because you guys... We can all talk about that one. But... What I did watch, and it was awesome, was the 2003 Takeshi Kitano joint, Zatoichi. Oh. The blind swordsman? <laughs> yes. With the dance scene at the end? Um, yeah, that was a little <laughs> bit weird, the big uh, tap dance sequence at the so end. so random. Um, so what is Zatoichi the blind swordsman? So Zatoichi. Uh, it, there's like a bunch of Criterion Collection movies that are like old that are about Zatoichi. Um, but this is Takeshi Kitano rebooting it. It's actually won it's, some awards. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so he's a blind swordsman, but you don't, he's not, the first thing about him isn't that he's a swordsman. The first thing about him is that he's a blind masseur and he just sort of wanders around, you know, just village to village. He likes gambling. It's one of his favorite things. He plays dice. When he's got the Zanbato, the... The hidden or no? So his his cane that he uses to to like see his way around is a hidden hidden sword. Uh, sword, and he holds it differently than samurai. Samurai hold their sword like two hands, sort of like a baseball bat grip. Uh, Zatoichi holds it with one hand, like the way you would draw from your waist. He grabs it with his thumb pointed up, so. His thumb is pointed up, but reverse the blade grip. is pointed down, a reverse grip. And because of this, he can fight better in close quarters and, like, he's faster on the draw and stuff. But he's basically, like, Daredevil, right? He's got yep. superpowers almost. And it's literally Samurai Daredevil, right? It's pretty Darede sweet. Daredevil might actually be based on the story of Zatoichi because it's been around for ever. Since, I don't know. Millennia. I don't, I don't know about millennia. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, man, was it fun. Like, it had some... We I don't know. Maybe it's Japanese cinema is different than Hollywood, right? But there were some mo moments that are just almost farcical, just like slapstick. Well, they, and then, they really pour melodrama on things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I read that uh, Takeshi wanted the scenes to be as realistic as possible, but he also wanted the blood to be as exaggerated, like to be totally over top. So there's some scenes, like I remember one specifically where he fights a guy, he, he destroys anybody who he comes across. Like instantly he just draws his sword and you hear the same sound effect that you hear in like anime that like, and then spurting blood. Oh, so it's a, it's a violent film. Yes. Well, so the guy that he's Damn. fighting at one moment, it's just for a moment, <laughs> has a, a staff and he, and he comes at him. It's made out of bamboo. And, and so he's running at Zatuichi with the point of his staff and he blocks him with the blade. Like he puts the blade on the end of this guy's staff and puts his hand on the back of the blade Shit. and runs through it. And so the guy's holding his staff <laughs> and the sword just cuts both of his thumbs off <laughs> and then his and then he slices him up and his arm comes off too. Jesus. But watching the thumbs I was this podcast oh, is rated M for mature folks. <laughs> it's a 
This movie's awesome. Like, damn, if you want to watch a, a samurai movie and also have some giggles, I'm into it now. It's cool. Guy getting his thumbs cut off. Let me so see this. I can, I can, if I can sum up this, the plot of this film, uh, Zatoichi wanders into town, um, and sees that it's sort of overrun by Yakuza and he wants to help him out. At the same time, uh, while he's staying at this lady's house, he kind of signs on to help these two sister, geisha sisters. One of them may not be a girl. Uh oh. Hmm? Hmm? I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> One of them's a man that pretends to be a girl, and they rob people. I don't... Uh, okay. That's a good advantage. <laughs> but they have hearts of gold. And and the Yakuza in town have, have uh, recruited a ronin to be their bodyguard, and nice. he's badass. So it's kind of... Okay. Like you yeah. can't, they can't fight him off. So check out Zatoichi. Where did you see this? You uh, got, got it from, from the library. Got it from the library. Yeah. As usual. Okay, I also saw a movie at VIF. It's called Moonlight. Uh, this movie was pretty damn good, guys. Moonlight. It's a Moonlight. It's a three-part film that tells the story. Uh, part one is called Little. Part two is called Chiron. Part three is called Black. And it's basically the story of this African-American dude in Miami when he is about 10 years old. He's about maybe 17 years old. Maybe he's about 27 years old. Three-part hmm, structure okay. to this movie. It's basically about, I guess, the cycle of violence and drug addiction and bullshit, uh, you know, in the slums. Uh, Naomi Harris, the chick who plays Money Penny mm-hmm. in the new Bond movies, she's amazing in this flick. She plays his mother. She plays Chiron's mother. Okay, She's a complete basket case drug addict calling him a faggot the whole movie this is a movie about a gay man growing up in the ghetto so it's like i'm sure that's kind of not easy kind of a pretty easy going time right should be easy with that yeah that's easy Easy all footloose and fancy free down there in the ghetto uh but it's yeah it's a crazy look at like the cycle of hate drug abuse prostitution uh it doesn't and like to me it didn't sort of culminate in a cathartic way but it's still like there's uh this this drug dealer that we get to know that basically looks after young Chiron when he's a kid running around on the streets. Uh and this drug dealer's the same guy who's actually dealing crack to Chiron's mother, who's mm-hmm. then like abusing him. And we when this character finally comes to terms with that, like it's pretty powerful stuff, but I don't feel like we got enough of that. Mm. It's still amazing. The performances in this are awesome. Um, Janelle Monae is in this. Oh yeah, she's pretty cute. I didn't know what she looked like. Uh, but yeah, some of the stuff's a bit heavy-handed. Like, I don't know if they would do it the same way if it was about a guy, like a straight man. Like, they kind of bash you over the head a few times to tell you that he's he's gay. He's attracted to men. Get it? Like that kind of seems to be the point, though. Yeah, no, but the movie sort of. I don't know, there's a scene where he has, I don't want to, like he has this wet dream at one point, which I don't think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> but it's, it's mm. like, there's some dream sequences where he's maybe fantasizing about uh, this other character that, that are a bit uh, heavy-handed. Um, but it's, yeah, really like hypnotic movie. Uh, I don't know when you could see this. It's probably coming out next year, though. 
super good performances in Moonlight. Interesting. Janelle Monet. I didn't realize she'd started acting, but I saw the trailer when I went to see Birth of a Nation for... Um, for that Hidden Figures movie? Yeah. Did you about, see this? Which the, one's that? The it's, NASA lady? Oh, I, I have a it's note about, <laughs> about that. I don't know about that one, guys. I don't know. It looks pretty <laughs> what good. I, what I wrote is that my sassy audience members loved, <laughs> all caps, loved the trailer about the black NASA engineers. I'm interested. It piqued my attention. No, it looks good. It looks good. It, it could be... Piqued my interest. Could there was sort of a Hallmark TV movie. The one line, a little, a little like that. Right? The one line where uh, the woman, the guy says to the woman, um, "If you were a man, would you still wish to be an engineer?" She says, "No, because that would already be one." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the woman in the back corner of my my the cinema was like, "Yes, you tell him, girl." <laughs> oh like, my god! Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> okay, guys. West Westworld. Westworld. We have to yeah. talk about episode Westworld. one and fifteen minutes of episode two. Oh, both so far. Okay, so we can talk about all of episode one at least. I shared my feelings last week. I spliced in a little tiny little segment in there. Watched it after I edited the show. Uh, I've I, seen both episodes twice now. Maybe I love this show. Do you guys? Do you guys, like, guys love this show? From the moment show. of the show beginning, like the opening, like when it's three D printing the horse. Damn! Just like whoa! <laughs> it is a bit cliche. Like we've every HBO show begins with these, you know, shallow depth of field close ups of different objects, tracking shots over oh. stuff with a yeah, really but, a really you know. But I never saw atmospheric three D printed cornea or right. like iris. Yeah, morphing into a giant desert landscape. Oh man. It's and then you know you're in for a good yeah ride I, from the well, credits. Well, yes, but I also like the credits don't make a lot of sense if you have, know nothing about the show and you haven't watched them yet. So I think there's a case to be made here where the first episode of every show should never have an opening. <laughs> like mm. I, I just don't like the opening sequence in the first episode of things. Once it's established, or have it much later af- in the in the first episode, as opposed do it to, after, like yeah. do that first segment thing where you know and that so comes part wh- way through. Why is this? You you sort of are thrown into something and you're not familiar with. Well, it's because the opening doesn't have any like any it, context it, it, yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's so, a, it's a great opening. That's a it's fair. Just, that's a fair argument. I'm. Uh, what's the guy's name that's playing the dude that's all in black? Uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Ed Harris, so. Ed Harris the, the, the pro gamer, right? Oh, essentially? God, Ed, oh. Ed Harris. He wants, he, to, he wants to beat the game. He wants to get the platinum trophy, right? He wants to get all the achievements unlocked. Why wouldn't you? What's the point of Westworld? Like, just to fuck, like, and and shoot people? Like, there's got to be a, a final boss, right? He's going to find the deepest level. That's he, uh, what he's going to do. I really like I, his I, character. That's, that's where I'm like, that is where my interest in this show is right now. And episode two set up some very interesting questions, which you pro- you've only seen a few minutes of it. All but. I've all I've got is that basically episode two has introduced these two guys that make me think that because I've seen the original Westworld, like the Michael you saw, Crichton. You saw it recently, yeah, yeah. You can go back, uh, listeners. You can go back on our website and check out uh, uh, the episode. Just search Westworld in the search bar. Yeah. Um, so I think that they've sort of twisted the character that Ewell Brynner played. And then the two guys that were the main characters in uh, the original are going to be these two guys. I think, or yeah. at least I, one of them. I think everyone's a fucking robot. Uh, I keep thinking that the whole time. Why very, wouldn't you? It's very possible. Throughout the first episode, there was deliberate robotic movements that some people made, but it, I, I kept seeing them in people that were supposed to be regular humans too. So it was just like, 
what is happening? It's maybe it was the refresh rate of my TV. <laughs> no, they have crazy effects with people actually doing like that old man. That, that old Anthony man was Hopkins. amazing, incredible. Uh, where he actually zips himself back up into a fucking yeah. body bag. He's one of the oldest uh, robots, right? Oh my god! But the, or the father, like uh, what's her name's father, when he how good is that actor? Is like stuck looking at the picture. That, and then but they how, have him in the office. How good is his performance, right? So good. But Dolores' I, father? I couldn't help but think he needs to go see a chiropractor or something. Because when he was standing shirtless in the lab, his shoulders, shoulders were like, <laughs> damn, way out of whack. Tell me, though, when they describe uh, what his past character had been, I was immediately out thinking, like, this is Red Dead Redemption, straight up. Because they were like, he, he right now he's the father, but he used to be the professor which was, and then he, and Anthony Hopkins quickly says, like, he was a cultist out, it were a cultist, uh, out in the desert that went cannibal. And I was like, that sounds like it's like out of Skyrim or out of Red Dead for sure. Yeah, that's like a quest. Yeah, episode two starts getting into, like, it feels like they're getting into, like, DLC packs. Well, almost. this is, a, this like is expansions. A, a game, right? This is, yeah, a, a, like, essentially. Like, this is what, you know, a lot of people actually think this, right? Like, Elon Musk and a bunch of other think that really wealthy is people. is a simulation? That it's, like, 50-50 yeah. that we live in a simulation already. Because if if it's likely enough that one day we can achieve VR that's indistinguishable from reality, then who's to say it hasn't already happened, yeah. right? And that's I like that theory. Um, episode 2 has some very interesting things about the... Like, the first episode drops, we haven't had an incident for 30 years. Episode 2... You haven't seen this part yet, but I'm going to ruin it for you. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm just going to say... Uh, I'll take, I can take out wait, my the, headphones. The end, the end of the no, episode? No, no. Ed Harris says one thing. He says he's been coming for 30... Like, he's been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. Basically, he was born. He, he says he was born like 30 years ago or reborn. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he might have been involved in the incident that they'd mentioned that was 30 years ago. Um, mm. so it changed him in a way. He seems to be very deeply connected to the whole entire process. Yeah. How does he know about these scalp maps? <laughs> scalp map, water, yeah. water world maps. Right. Well, and like, that's what leads me to believe it's that on he, the inside of the scalp. Mm-hmm. It's oh, not on the outside. Oh, and they, they even, one of the programmers says, this guy's killed a bunch of people already. Should we slow him down? Uh, and the security guy was like, no, he, he can do whatever he wants. Like basically he is their prime. He's VIP. Yeah. He has been there forever, and I, I, I'm. He has to have had something to do with the original incident. Why? What is? What is stopping people from murdering like other? Why is stopping guests from killing other guests? They can't. Is it the guns? The guns. They, they say it. Well, no, why don't you just take a knife and stab someone in the face? How do you know you're not killing? Like, what happens if that's, two guests? That's very true. What happens I, if two guests get drunk and get in a fight, and then there's like, and you you can't even tell because these are synthetic humans. I keep reminding everyone I talk to about this. Th- these aren't robots. Well, I think really. this is they're, the they're guy... actually just human beings, like like three D printed with like blood and bone and veins and shit. But it's all that weird white material. I, I've heard. But I think yeah. what the 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 one guy who has to rewrite the scene in in episode one i think it is uh he's he's um oh he, i hate those like that couple like the the british guy and that like sort of spunky young girl like they're just swear who the fuck do you think oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's that's such an well, aggressive scene i don't like, understand how why is this character so but he, that's the guy that out i'm of talking a different about show like that's the guy I that hate, i'm talking about i hate this guy um i guess you're supposed to but uh, yeah 
There's um, I love that we're basically just talking about what's going on in the theories. We're not really reviewing it. But well, that's, I, oh, that's what all HBO shows really well, are. Well, this well, is what no. Game of Thrones conversations always are. Well, no, and, and I love it because people have been saying, man, I wish I could binge watch this, and I don't. I like that I can only see it once a week and then think about it and come up with theories. Like, what is going on? I, I really like mm-hmm. that about this show. Man, I'm glad they, they aired the episode early and we got a chance to at least... Because this episode was supposed to air the night of the debate. It, it did as well, but I mean, oh, they, did. they released yeah. it early. Yeah. yeah, so they wouldn't have to compete. Um, yeah, Westworld, everybody. We're going to be talking about this one a heck of a lot. Regularly. It's Ooh. so, like, all the performances are amazing. Yeah, uh, I've never seen anyone act, you know, as 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 convincingly. Like, it's reverse Uncanny Valley? What? Like, is this? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I remember the point that I was searching for there so the guy talks about how the reveries changed the robots right so you're saying that these are indistinguishable from human beings and what happens if you get into a fight with a guest instead of a robot well you would know because they're only able to improvise so far and then noticeable things start to be different so if you were in a fight with a guest eventually you'd notice that it was a human being and it would he'd be saying like i'm a i'm not a host i'm not a host i'm a you know the robots are yeah, they would never say that. Yeah, they'd be okay. act, they'd be like glitching and stuff. Well, some, some people have theories too that the the clothes the people wear are actually immune to the weapons as well. So even if yeah, you turn, yeah, it's, it's strange how Ed Harris is getting clothes. shot. You know, like he's getting shot and like stuff is bouncing off of him or something. It's very strange. Like he's getting hit with something. But anyway, these are theories. Could be nanotech. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think he's just getting shot, and like he's a robot too. Yeah. Guys, this show's crazy. Everybody should be watching Westworld. Mike, what do you, what do you well, got? I was just saying, I really loved at the very start of episode two. And I realized, sorry, I didn't actually ruin anything with that Ed Harris thing. So Sweet. it's good. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have actually ruined it for you. <laughs> um, the, the new guy. It's playing dangerous. Uh, who, who, who came in and... The guy from It's Always Sunny. Is that the good guy remember in it's always sunny in philadelphia there's the weird family that they I, don't i just remember him from the as the dungeon master from knights of badassdom yes <laughs> yeah uh where, where where she gave the host leading him into the game gave him the choice of hat and it was very clearly like a good and evil setup the white or the black it's a blue and red pill and, Green, and, red and pill. he walked out with the white and he is the good guy he does not and his his colleague is definitely wearing the black hat interesting and eh? he is just killing and doing whatever yeah. he's treating these these androids whatever they are oh my God. As, guys there's so many questions here do uh, you stay only one day in westworld and go home every night or do you stay in the hotel and, and pay, spend you, for a week or can, how long do you stay there you for? pay per day so you okay can, so it's up to you it's do you like, watch do you watch the world get reset because that would take you out of this experience when everyone comes out and all right, pause the world. We got to put up our lights, clean up the blood and guts. And this guy got his leg ripped off, and well, this is a fucking disaster. So not everything resets. There are certain narratives that go off, right? So like you could go on an adventure if you they sign reset. up for a certain amount of time, then you'd be going away from the center. So you yeah, you'd, you'd be on yeah. a storyline that had a you know <clears throat> okay a route. Guys, this is crazy. We got to move it on. It's this awesome. show is so good, though. Check Everybody out. who hasn't watched it yet. Do yourself a favor. It's like just addic- it's everything I want. Addictive in a show. as hell. Very good stuff.
remind me of my screw-up? You know, I don't think we're ever going to understand each other. They're going to come here every Saturday just to graduate with all these other weirdos and criminals. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. I keep So, this is where you come every Saturday instead of practice. Tragic. <laughs> I keep the ends out for the time that by Hey! It's a restricted area! Uh, guys? There's something in there. Dilly, what are Guys! What is it? Security. Somebody should have pointed that out. Wait, I did. So... <laughs> Like snicked? Is there like snicked? There's the like. Oh man, that sounds disgusting and horrible. That's the best thing in He's any doing samurai the, film. Like, oh, this blood spraying everywhere, fellas. The news is just it's 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 everywhere. Right. I don't I don't know what to do. So much news. I don't know where to begin. There, there's there's countless ways we can start the news this week, guys. An overload. Um. Maybe we can start oh, at shit. the beginning. Well, I don't know. This is so crazy. I'm going to freak out. We can maybe start with something that just happened today, that mm -hmm. just happened this afternoon. Oh, shit. A unfinished trailer hit the web? Yeah, for uh, The Dark Tower. So what do you make of this? I'm, I'm surprised you watched this. Uh, you don't watch trailers, and to watch an unfinished one, this... Explain what you even saw in this. Uh, I saw some scenes where there was like not special effects, <laughs> like green screens and yeah, but the music was there, like and like uh, the sound effects. No, yeah, it it looks like why why really would you watch that? <laughs> um, I'll tell you that as someone who you know, I I would consider the uh, I hold the the book series like near and dear. Uh, they are beloved in in my eyes. Uh, and so this was a bit weird because Roland is play the gunslinger is uh is is Idris Elba and in the book series it's made very clear that he's supposed to be basically Clint Eastwood like the the stranger like the guy with no name um so to hear his voice saying the gunslinger's oath um is was different like I can imagine hearing it because I can ima I've read some of the Marvel graphic novels and there's other characters and you know there's like a they sort of trained like you would train to become a knight to become a gunslinger um and but Roland's voice I never imagined it sounding like it does so when he says like I I do not kill with my gun I kill with my heart hmm. like oh that sounded awesome but not how I heard it in my head I could see that being an issue. Also, there's I think a lot that would less happen with whoever. There's a lot less it. dying of one character too. So, it's it's a uh, one character didn't die, <laughs> which <laughs> is alive. To clarify, um, so this is based on the Gunslinger or the Dark Tower. Like, which book is this going to be? A it looks of, like it's sort of mixed draws from more than one. Well, I don't think it's supposed to be based on any of them. From what, like, the theory is that it's a sequel the books crazy complicated that well i mean overwhelming to a newbie like me 
what do I do? Where do I begin? I, I feel I, like I, I don't want to spoil. There's like a big <laughs> twist at the I, end. I could of read this, the books. So I could I read any Stephen King book, and I could be reading The Dark Tower, kind of like every single every <laughs> one of his books connects to The Dark Tower. Complicated, scary, overwhelming. Well, yeah, and the, like the twist that you don't want to ruin at the end could easily happen right before this movie starts. So we'll see. Fair enough. Yeah, that's. Fact. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But I think I think that they did that. I think Stephen King has tweeted out something that many people think infer infers that this is after. Yeah, it follows events. Yeah. Okay. So we got news of what the Blade Runner sequel is officially going to be called. Yes, we did. Blade Runner. Blade Runnering 2049. What do you guys think of this? Um, I was a bit surprised it seems I like was, such a retro name <clears throat> but that's what i yeah. thought right immediately following and then i was kind of cool with it it looks yeah. awesome in the font it's really basic right they just it, they they're still at a two like there's still you still get the two in there but it's 2049 mm-hmm. what is it like 30 2019 i guess was the original so yeah so about 30 years later yeah so i guess um we got Deckard. I'm all right with it. It looks the the photo they have is awesome. It's just Ridley Scott, Denny Villeneuve, Harrison Ford, and Ryan Gosling. I love that photo. Is basically like a caption this contest, just wherever you see it, like because Harrison Ford is clearly telling something witty or amusing. Well, yeah, I remember Doug texted me and he said to be a fly on the wall for this conversation. You know, yeah, like who knows what they? Maybe they're talking about something really dumb. Maybe this movie is going to be terrible, or maybe like that's like guys, a historical photo. He's saying like, "You guys won't believe the dump I took this morning." <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of yeah, the, we will. It's on camera. The photo. Do you guys remember maybe in I guess 2014 that black and white photo that came out of basically all the Star Wars cast yeah. in that big yeah. circular, yeah. you know, black and white aerial sort of the shot. Yeah, it's just a shot of the circular, you know, ring of chairs and everyone's doing the table read or whatever. I mean, this feels a little bit like they're going for that, I guess, maybe, but we'll see. I like the title. <clears throat> Sounds like a video game or something. Mm-hmm. Sounds like some cheesy vaporwave album cover. Like It does sound time like, co- it, the... like Isn't it? They're Time Cop 1983, right? Like, this is Blade Runner 2049. Like, this is pure outrun. It's more laser wave. <laughs> <laughs> Replicant wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, this, this, we still don't know anything. I hope a trailer's coming in the no, next. No, don't even give us a trailer, Denny. We just want to see the movie, so we'll all buy a ticket. Don't worry. We're still like, we're a year out, I think. Yeah. Right? It's October 2017, so we're not going to see anything for a while. Can't wait. Oh, God. Probably May. Um, there's more news, guys. It's crazy. Lots more. Lay it on us. Do you want to know what the next Wolverine movie's going to be called? Logan. That's it. Just Logan. Because okay the book is called Logan. So that sounds badass. It's about old man Wolverine. So th- this is old man Logan, right? Yeah. yeah. What is old man Logan? I don't understand how it can happen because like Wolverine's supposed to be sort of ageless. Like he he heals so well that well, he the I- almost never gets old. The idea is his powers stop working as well as they used to. Like his he doesn't heal as fast as he used to, so he starts to age. So he's not nearly as invulnerable as he once was. But but he should what? Because he's like, <laughs> how do you like? Either you're invulnerable or you're 
you just die. So like his lifespan is sort of set because it seems to be the idea was right that he was like he fought in World War One, he fought in World War Two, like he's been around for a long Civil ass time. Yeah, he's been. There's been. They've shown Wolverine he, through all this. He stuff, Garrison right? East his way through this. You remember? Uh, no, uh, in Lieutenant Dan, right? Lieutenant Dan had like all of his ancestors. Like yes, he fought. His ancestors fought and died in every American <laughs> war. <laughs> yeah, Wolverine did that. Except he would fight death at the end of it. He would be the last man on the battlefield, and so he'd have to fight the Angel of Death. And every time he won, it got harder. But, regard, well, maybe that's what happened. Maybe the, anyways. Maybe he lost. I saw a sweet Instagram photo, uh, and it's just a shot of, like, a like a sliced-off arm on the ground with, like, a sword in it. And just, it's a Wolverine just, like, fucking cut some guy's arm off. Yeah, he's rated R. Berserker. This is a rated R film, uh, not, by the way. Thank goodness. I'm not it's a, about time. I'm not a big fan of Wolverine. <laughs> No, this is it. So this is this is the swan song. This is Hugh Jackman is getting jacked up for the last time. It's over after this. Why? Why don't you like Wolverine? He's just such Michael. a one-dimensional character for the most part. What? Do, what? What do you mean? He's a Canadian young Canadian boy who was ill as a youngster, but then in uh, adolescence came to find that he had healing abilities and was so shunned by his family, took the name of his childhood bully and fled into the wilderness where he became a woodsman and became a logger for some time and then, um, you know, rejoined society and went off to fight in a couple of wars and was very grizzled and cynical and, uh, you know, eventually reluctantly joined up with a band of sort of jerks at this school for gifted youngsters especially that scott summer's dick cyclops or whatever um and he fell in love with jean gray and then uh, he had to watch her die he had to watch he as far as he knows the love of his life he had to watch her die and so he went to japan i don't need his entire life he goes to japan he falls (laughs) in love again yeah but how does he deal with all these problems he just gets mad and slashes people he runs away he 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 hides from his past but while also trying to find out what happened at, with the Weapon X program cuz he can't remember so he's going to die right let's hope he dies <clears throat> they have to kill kind of love him i don't know they if people to, can tell <laughs> <laughs> they have to kill the Hugh Jackman version of this character and then they can just you know like restart the whole thing or well, something they can, let's hope they leave it alone for a while if they want to carry on i think they have to pass the torch to X23 like his clone daughter or whatever that she is. Anyway, there's also uh, in this the, is he has super a son nerdy in the comics it's super too, right? Nerdy, yep. He's got a son that they could they could um, reboot as well. With with uh, back to Logan, I guess we were talking about Logan, but uh, the actual film itself. <laughs> I love the Instagram of Patrick Stewart in old makeup. Yeah, he looks. He's an old guy, but they have. He looks the same as he did on the Next Generation, so they have to apply old man makeup to him. Yeah, he looks super he's one old. Of those, he's one yeah. of those guys that doesn't really hasn't really gotten old. He actually is Wolverine in real life. He has the mutant healing factor. Nice. So yeah, he and nice. uh, he and Rudd. Yep, uh, and uh, Keanu Reeves. <clears throat> yeah, Keanu Reeves though he grew a beard to disguise his abilities. Yeah, that's true because he's a modest superhero. Kids, the 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 Power Rangers rain like trailer for power rangers it's here it dropped it, it, it dropped we, we can all talk about it we all know exactly what everything looks like except we didn't see any of the zords yeah well why not the effects no one, aren't done yet no one fought uh, anything we uh, saw well we saw the start of uh some effect we saw like a suit 
it started sort of right near the end started to drip into his head but you know what i after i saw this trailer i went back and i looked at some of the promo pictures that have been released like all all the pictures of the suits and i noticed they've all got this really brutal sort of galaxy effect happening on their chest like sort of a rough bumpy no like like they have their suits and then in the middle like where tony stark's you know like heart would be is this like almost looking like a window and oh. there's like a galaxy oh, no. inside your heart lame lame well that's where you have to put your your power coin right that thing goes yeah. on your belt i thought oh yeah wait when it goes like dee, 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 dee. yeah and you have to pull it out and then you go it's morphin time yeah, yeah. tyrannosaurus yeah <laughs> pterodactyl is this gonna be in it guys i feel like we talk about the power rangers movie so much on this show uh i love it though is this are we gonna get to see all that crazy stuff or like are they gonna go dark knight on our ass i I, think i think they are i I hope they've gone interstellar though they're going like spacey like the, the power rangers movies sort of already have and i don't know if i like that as much as keeping it like earth and moon well oh it just looks like they've gone. What, who was the writer that wrote Chronicle? Who tweeted it's recently? Uh, Max Landis. Yeah, where he's like, I, they hired me to write this script, and I wrote this fun teen action adventure. Then they fired me, and five versions later, it's now Chronicle. Like it looks like it's super serial. Um, it feels like the Breakfast Club mixed with, yeah, like some Inception. <laughs> I hope it's Breakfast Club mixed with Pacific Rim. I hope so too. I don't know, like. It still looks like it looks the, visually. It's impressive. It, impressive, yeah. I, I, I want to see it. I just hope it's it doesn't shit the bed. Yeah, I hope it's good. Uh, the post. Have you seen the posters? They look shitty. Yeah, I just I think when we get all the when I, I said this a long time ago when all the Zords morph together and we get the Mega Zord at the very end of the movie and they smash the city up. That's true. It's people are going to be clapping. And but cheering. are we going to get that? Yes, that's like it has to end on the Megazord, right? We're going to see well, the Megazord. If yes, we. I like your optimism. We're going to see the fucking Megazord. They have to sell it. They have to like sell each of the individual Zords, and the kids have to buy all five I to make the Megazord. It's more likely that the Stinger at the end of this movie, because you can, you bet your ass there will be a Stinger. The Stinger will be something about Zords. Like, I bet you we don't get Zords. This is just going to be about Power Rangers. We'll get teased okay. Zords. Zords will be in the next movie. Number three will find out oh, there's this. a Megazord. See that bubble that's floating above his head? I'm gonna just going to stick a pin in that right now. This movie looks like Fantastic Four. Kind of does. It really does. <laughs> kind of does. With the Doctor Doom shit. And the green they goo like, on another planet. They look like Doctor Doom. When he's like sort of, his suit is all fused to his body, kind of. No one has done Doctor Doom right and it pisses me off so much. I kind of liked. Oh. I kind of thought it was funny. Oh. We also got a trailer for John Wick 2. So what do, you, what do you think? This is called John Wick Chapter 2. And it's, I've like, we've already seen that Gun Kata movie. <laughs> yes. This just felt like they took Keanu Reeves and switched him with Christian Bale in Gun Kata. Is that what the movie's called? It's called Equilibrium. Equilibrium. Whatever. It's not called Gun Kata. That, <laughs> that movie is so... Dumb. 
There's a scene in it where he's just like the, the visual effects are so terrible. There's a scene where he's almost his body's just been frozen and his arms are just going <laughs> like they're just like his his if you, if listeners can picture like someone's body like literally frozen you know, like, and then a, like someone's like posing like, their arms in different exactly. positions for a freeze frame. Yeah, the freeze framed the, the torso, and they're and then the arms are just sort of going like an animated character, it's like oh. watching someone dance in a room with strobe light on. Yeah, oh I, my I, god, I'm pretty sure I saw that movie when I was twenty, and I I initially was like, man, this is cool. Look at these poses and shit. And then a few years later, I was I watched it again, and it was kind of like, oh. This is really bad. This is it, not good. Like, there's a gunfight because there's a dog in his trunk or like, something. He like, stands in one spot and just moves his arms around, and nobody can shoot back at him. And then yeah, there's, like, it's a martial art that's the stupidest <laughs> martial Like, take two steps back, and the martial art's broken. So I love how I brought up John Wick 2, and then we... Because <laughs> equally real. Yeah. So... Um, I'm, I am I did like that we saw the, uh, the hall where you, like, go and that dude's behind the counter like i don't know if that's something to do with Are we gonna the assassin's get, guild or something. i want more of we, we the better guild. get more because that was the best part of john wick there was some yeah, great the action hidden the hidden world but beneath. the world it's a fantasy film yes. in a way right the yeah. world it builds and leaves so many questions and i hope this answers some of them i still want to not have it a clue about certain things in john wick too yeah don't tell me anything just take us there and let us like sort of look out the window while we're with you. So the the trailer was all right, uh, but this movie I'm obviously going on day one simply because John Wick was so good. Like it, it's already got me. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a huge hit, especially compared to the first, because nobody, nobody no, knew nobody knew what that was. That's a total like Judge Dread kind of situation, right? Yeah. Where no one saw it in the theater. Oh, why can't we get a Dread sequel? I know we get one of these. Fuck. Carl Urban isn't as cool as yeah, Keanu hey, Reeves, right? Listening devices, can we please get some more dread? But, like, is it just because Carl Urban is, isn't as much of a, like, beloved he, badass? He's so much cooler than Keanu. <laughs> yeah, he's the Australian Keanu. <laughs> he's been doing Star Trek. He's been busy. So, you know how every single week we talk about a TV show being, you know, a movie being turned into a TV show? You know, it's just the latest adaptation of some yeah film to tv we're getting an eternal sunshine of the spotless yes. mind oh, right. television show yes we are does this work for you guys um, what network is it on i don't even know i think i think it's fox no i don't care <clears throat> yeah it's gonna be poorly done like the movie is really sort of it's one of the more important films i think of the it it, like it landed on right? the it landed on the top twenty five films that critics chose of the past hundred years or something. Yeah, like I saw that, that. Um, and rightly so. I think it was sort of innovative in its approach to things, and uh, really a bit of a mind bender the first time you see it. Um, Does it hold up? Have you guys watched it in? I haven't seen recently it at all. I haven't watched it recently, but I don't know about turning it into a show. Like, are they gonna? Is it gonna be a show that like sort of focuses on? What is? What are they going to look at? Are they going to redo the movie, or are they going to like look at the facility where you can go and get your memories erased? Are they going to look at the world where this is a thing, or is it going to be just about one of these two characters? Or I think as a miniseries, it might be okay, but as a TV show that is trying for any form of longevity, they're going to run into some serious issues with it. 
like it could be about the actual facility and how it works and like the, you, you could know. have different people each season yeah, like and, coming but, in. But then I care less because then it's really just a procedural about what about Black Mirror? That's dope mm. and it's different. Fair enough. Every time. I could see it being a procedural might be really interesting. Like, you know, every sort of week we get a new person and, you know, like that's crazy. I don't know. Why are they there? Like there's something about their story. Every week you sort of erased? solve the mystery of what, you know, sort of need needed to be erased or something or I don't know. That have That's tricky. It could be interesting. Yeah. It, it, you're right. I agree. It, it is. It would yeah. be easy to do poorly. Yeah, you could, and I don't know how long it lasts, right? Um, now there's some, there's some real bullshit we gotta sort through. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Put on the hip waiters. No, this is fucking ridiculous. Dive in head first. It's it's getting. Ew. I don't know why we didn't see the the, the the this week's news docket is so goddamn loaded that I I wish I had put this story at the very top because they're making we get the taste out of our oh, mouth. Fuck. They're making what is it? they're making a live action version of aladdin oh yeah oh yeah oh my god directed what is who's directed by directed by hold on hold on drum roll david fincher guy guy ritchie let's let that one marinate so a few weeks ago i believe last week only i actually love it literally last actually love it literally last week we discussed john favreau Taking on the Lion King, a prediction that I made back in April. When so, good old Jungle Book was out. We we already knew John Favreau's doing the, the live action version of the Lion King. But Red seems to think that Guy Ritchie doing Aladdin is, is a smart idea. Why why is that? Okay, I'm thinking think about the opening of uh is it Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels with um Jason Statham selling like I think he's selling perfume or some shit. Like black like he's just selling junk and then he has to run mm-hmm. and it's like the slow-mo of him like through the alleys and like around the corners and all that stuff like back alleys of of like urban city london okay, okay. switch that to Agrabah. hopefully hopefully an actor that reflects something to do with the region <laughs> like it's i hope it's not a white guy that gets cast as aladdin is what i'm saying Oh, you 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 you, um, you bet it's gonna be a white guy. So it's gonna like, be Mark Strong. <laughs> yes. Okay, I like it even more now. Actually, no, but he could be Jafar. I don't know, some like an Arabic guy or an Egyptian guy or you know, Moroccan it's a guy. Riz Riz Ahmed. Yes, from the night of. Do um, that. He'd be good. That actually might be good. I I, I like I I admire your. Your sort of spirit here. This might be a better potential. call than I than I originally thought. Potential, but I don't know how Guy Ritchie handles the like the magic carpet and the tiger and yeah, that's the where, genie. Well, I mean, you've seen the Sherlock Holmes films, right? They have an element of fantasy, a tiny bit of magic, but the genie, bro, going on. Robin Williams, like beloved character, the genie. Yeah, how do you do that? How do you do that? Because like, these remakes aren't really remakes. They're like shot for... They're they almost just like recreate them. Recreations. Yeah. yeah. Because so they, like they're when, not, when they're they not did the, the Jungle Book, it was important, I think, because Baloo was a beloved character, so they found an actor that people love. You know? Well, Bill just, Murray is... Everybody loves him. Now just... Well, just use Robin Williams' lines as the genie, and he's a CG character. Oh. <laughs> you can just do that. 
like just, Chef after he left South Park. So you just pipe the exact same audio back in. Oh, that's kind of gross, though. It is kind of gross. It leaves a poor taste in my mouth, but it's possible if you want to Yeah, Robin Williams. I don't know. You, if you get the family's blessing, does it make it any better? Like, it might be hard, that, though. I think the dialogue is really like... Dan Castaneda. So that's way. Yeah. <clears throat> that's way different than what they did in Fast Seven with Paul Walker, right? Like this would would this be They're way different? Yeah, I don't, I guess it would be nice. Dan Castellaneta, the voice of the, Homer, the, the heart I believe of the Simpsons. He did, I believe, the Return of Jafar, right? Well, he did the entire animated series because there was a TV series that and he, spawned. He, so. he did, the, but Iago. Uh, did he do Iago on the show, or was it no, was it not? Um, that was uh, was it Gilbert Gottfried? That's it. I think he did it through the entire every, like every Iago. Yeah, he. It's not yeah, like he's, he's. I don't know that Gilbert Gottfried is like raking it in. So like, if that's got a steady paycheck on it, <laughs> I guess we can expect more of these fellas. I like, I don't. Yeah. What What's next? Yeah, they're is, doing the Lion King. Well, they already know that. I've, Little yep. Mermaid. Yeah. Little Mermaid is going to be one of the harder ones to accomplish, but they're definitely going to do that. Pocahontas. I want to sell my Mo- Mulan. shares in Disney. Well, Mulan, that's that's a news item. The leaked, take it with a grain of salt, leaked proto-script what called The Legend of Mulan, where it stars a 30-year-old white European trader who falls in love with Mulan and decides to help the Chinese Imperial Army. And kills the bad guy because he likes Mulan. Like that's that's mm. not the legend of Mulan. That's hey, so let's get a, a new movie. Let's get a white guy in here to save the day. That should go over real oh. well these days. We also got uh, the Batman from Ben Affleck. That's we got official title, guys. The Batman. Yeah, go with the you know the the. It's cleaner, right? Truth. Drop the the. I think they should add the the. It's because there's never been a movie called The Batman. They're running out of ideas. It's called Batman movies at this point, right? It should just be the bat symbol. Like, <laughs> no actual word, just the bat symbol. Yeah, it's, yeah the movie with no name. Like, yeah, sort of like the, the artist formerly known, the, the film formerly known as Batman. <laughs> yes. I, I guess I like it. I don't know what to make of that, but okay. That's yeah, fine. I don't know. Yeah, give. I don't care. They, yeah. have, they have, what... Deathstroke in it, so I like Deathstroke. Oh yeah, we have seen mm-hmm. like seen Deathstroke, which is I don't think it's good. It's I, I, the, I, since Deadpool is, is of you know a bigger part of our like, culture, I'm not. I don't think Joe. What's Manganello? Is that his name? Yeah, uh, I don't think he's a very good choice for Deathstroke. Honestly, it's weird, and and I think the character kind of looked like it feels very. He was DC. out of an N64 game or something. That casting feels very DC. Like, DC casting, they're going for, like, beefcake kind of dudes. I don't know. No, Deathstroke is a grizzled soldier tactician guy. It should be Stephen Lang. We also got the extended cut being announced for Suicide Squad, of course. Who cares? Maybe this... It's like 30 extra minutes of Jared Leto. Maybe if they re-edit the whole movie better, I might dig it. I don't know. More for me to heckle. I don't think it's going to make it better. It gave me a headache. You guys wanted to talk about the Iron Fist trailer? Yes. Yep. So I think what I said when I came in was that the trailer for Iron Fist is better than any episode of Luke Cage so far. And I've seen eight, and that still holds true. I'm super (laughs) excited. Like there's superpowers 
Like a guy's fist is glowing and he punches a door and fuck yeah. Like this goes back to, and I guess this is the reason I watch these shows. I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I'm a huge Iron Fist fan. Iron Fist's main foe is the Hand, yes, which showed up in Daredevil season two. This group of ninjas. So and it showed a bunch of really cool looking fight choreography. So I'm excited to see good looking action on a screen again. And I think that's what uh, Luke Cage is just missing any fun action. Mm. And from uh, I, apparently there was also some footage leaked at Comic Con, not leaked, but shown at Comic Con that isn't. Uh, I haven't seen it on YouTube, anyways. But uh, the fighting in those really it's very realistic but it's it's shot in a way that highlights that he's sort of a trained uh he's trained in sort of calm and he can looks like a ballet dancer among everybody yeah he like moves very smoothly and and slowly while everybody around him is like sort of chaotic and wild and uh, sort of it, it it sounds really cool i can't wait to see who what is, this looks like. His hallway scene should be awesome. Uh, fuck me. Who is Luke K- or Iron Fist? Iron Fist? Who, who is this guy? His, his name is Daniel Rand. He's an heir to a fortune in New York. Uh, he was in a plane crash, I think, when he was younger and accidentally stumbled upon... Kunlun. Kunlun, one of the capital cities of heaven. There are seven of them. It's like in the mountains in Tibet. Every 10 years, every decade, you can... There's a, like a gate that opens up to them that you can go into and out It's like of. Shambhala? Yeah. Sort of, yeah. And so he trains in martial arts for a decade, basically, and takes this trial uh, where he fights a dragon and oh, kills man. it what? and sticks his hand into its heart, and that's how he gets his power. So I'm super excited. And so then he becomes... Oh. There's dragons in the Marvel Universe? Well, he has like yeah. a sick tattoo on his chest yeah. of his... Each this black tattoo of a dragon. They're called the immortal weapons. They themselves are not immortal, but they keep. There's like every time one dies, they're replaced. So each of the seven cities has their own immortal weapon, and iron. The iron fist is the immortal weapon of Kunlun. So, yo, this is deadly, man. It's so good, man. <laughs> like way better than <laughs> Luke, Luke Cage. You're just saying that because he's black. I don't know where Luke got his powers yet, but, like, I don't even know if I care enough to find out. Just kidding. I, I do. I'm going to. <clears throat> but, like, in the comics, Luke Cage and Iron Fist are bros. Like, they have great adventures together. They're, like, a super duo. Um, so I'd really like to see that in the Netflix series. When when they team up all the shows together, is that going to be dope? Like yes. Defenders? What, what, oh, I hope yeah. so. Is that, I really hope is, so. Is that what that is? So the Defenders consists of... Well, they're doing one series at a time, right? So that we are itching and aching for because this. Sigourney Weaver just got announced as as the villain, the, for the villain defenders. for the defenders, and I don't know anything like who would the villain be, or I guess it's not announced. No, I'm not sure if they said who she was playing. If they did, I don't know who it is. I haven't heard. Um, the trailer for Iron Fist actually said the final defender arrives. So seeing. Daredevil fight alongside. Actually, it's be like Player Four has entered exactly, the game. Exactly, exactly. Iron Fist in the comics actually takes over as Daredevil for a while, just as a favor to Matt Murdock. So, I mean, he is Daredevil at some point too. This so is kind of cool, man. Yeah, they're building a sweet TV universe. Yeah, like they've got their cinematic universe they've built so well, and now they're building a great they, Netflix they have the, TV series. They have like the universe. darker, low-budget, more R-rated stuff on Netflix, hmm. which is wicked. And it's so good. Uh, guys, we also got 
word. Last week, I forgot to mention that uh, Yorma Tacone is writing MacGruber 2. Yes! Red, you're not a MacGruber fan? MacGruber is so good. I mean, <laughs> Holy hell. It's, it, is it, I, 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 to me, it's very forgettable. It's like not a, a noteworthy. No? Okay. Oh, give, give it another franchise. spin. Will Forte is amazing give it, give it another <laughs> spin it's really bad but i think there's something there's something real special in there <laughs> for it's real like, i like that description um <laughs> the last story that we got here uh this is actually a couple weeks old but i finally wanted to bring it up the assassin's creed flashback scenes are all in spanish which is f- such a great decision so basically uh a good maybe 50 or 60 percent of the new assassin's creed movie takes place in the spanish inquisition i guess in like the 15 or 1600s and all of it's in spanish none of it's in english amazing well well there's gonna be subtitles well done well does a regular video game movie do that no that's that's i'm Like, like if a video game movie is trying to be mainstream and please all the audiences and mortal Kombat its way to a box office bomb um do you do you do something like bold and very you know sort of like no. that's just like what a regular this dramatic cool. film would do this is kind of cool. yeah most stuff would do like the opening of 13th warrior with antonio banderas cool where movie. he just listens to them talk and now and learns the language and now everything is in english so we you good. do the hunt for red october yeah move right you zoom in on their lips and, and like the Pull subtitles out. disappear, and then they're speaking English. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, do you guys have anything else? Nope, nothing. I know we've that. That was a isn't that, that crazy? A lot of news. Isn't that crazy? Um, I don't know how we transition to a, this review, but I guess we just we just go ahead and do. Hey, it. who we wants could, to listen to our you know, review? Of could, Birth of a Nation. We could do. We could transition the way that uh, the person in my viewing of the Birth of a Nation. Uh, helped me transition through one of the more important sections of dialogue uh, in I let our phones ring. <laughs> oh, good. We can just let our phones ring and ring, and then that will be our segue. One of the guys at my... Uh... Turn off your phones <laughs> at the movies, people. One of the guys at my showing just talked for a lot of it to the screen. At one point he said, kill that motherfucker. Oh, so, nice. That's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. I didn't. I did, luckily, I didn't have a kid sitting next to me Popping an M and M's container. Oh God! When Han Solo is like on the bridge with no railing, <laughs> I almost killed a child. <laughs> we both snapped at the exact same moment. Little kid, you can't pop the fucking M and M's container at the Force Awakens opening night. Are you? Are you on drugs? He what is happening? He couldn't handle the tension on that scene, and he had was to taking piss. his anxiety out. Had to with piss the M&M. so bad, I bet you. Just pop, pop, pop. <laughs> it was brutal. Oh man. Uh, so but anyway, a- anyway, the, our <laughs> review of the empty theater that we all sat in collectively, separately. Not a not a joke. Different, ladies feelings. and gentlemen. Between the three, we. we all three of us saw separate showings of The Birth of a Nation, and I'm going to say that between all three of us, maybe there was 15 people? Well, there were six at mine, so... There was about six at mine. There were zero at Red's. 
Was there zero? Wow, wow. that's a great photo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How many did you have a total? Um, during the actual film. So I took this picture 15 minutes before the film started. It's an empty theater. It's empty. Um, and I would say during the film, there was probably seven people, okay. including myself. So under 20. A study group. There was one, one part of it was a study group in the back corner, too. And there was a sassy girl in that group. Ooh. She, she was the one who clapped. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's do this, guys. All right. Our review of the birth of the nation. Of the nation? A nation. Birth of a nation. The birth uh, of a nation. Nat Turner and the birth of a nation. Birth of alienation. Nation what? Oh, the birth of alienation. <laughs> My whole family has. And you go on and do something like this to me. A nigger baptizing a white man on my property. Do you know how this makes us look? This could ruin everything we worked for. Boy, you'd better say something and quick. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Exhort servants to be obedient to their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering you again. You were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. He that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness, but is in danger. Beware of false prophets who come dressed in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. That was a clip from The Birth of a Nation. Nat Turner, a literate slave and preacher in the antebellum South, orchestrates an uprising. The Birth of a Nation is written and directed by Nate Parker, and it stars Nate Parker, Army Hammer, Penelope Ann Miller, Jackie Earl Haley, and Mark Boone Jr. Uh, and also stars Gabrielle Union, which I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, as the She's wife. Barely, barely in it. Um, so this movie won the Grand Jury Prize at the Sundance Film Festival in January this year. Since then, uh, some shit went kind of sideways with the director of this movie. A year ago, no one knew who the hell he was. Yes, and then amidst the uh, atten- media attention, I guess, around this one. Big success. You know, movie about slavery, huge acquisition. Fox Searchlight paid $17 million to acquire the distribution rights to this movie back in January. So this stirs up some... They, some, bet, uh, they bet big on it, man. The attention on this stirs up some, some background uh, business of two of the guys involved, Parker and Celestin. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out in 1999, uh, Parker faced rape charges uh, Parker was acquitted in 2001 Celestin this is according to Wikipedia by the way Celestin was initially convicted but the conviction was later overturned and the prosecution declined 
to pursue to pursue retrial. The accuser committed suicide in 2012. Jesus. That I think makes the entire situation sort of boil over. I don't know if you guys agree that that's where people become appalled at that fact. I think well, when when the the accuser committed suicide is what you're referring to, right? Yes, yes, yeah. The I, fact that the the according to the justice system, these men are innocent, but the the behavior of the mm-hmm. victim. Uh, Some people see it as like you murdered this woman in, a, in an indirect way. Crazy stuff, guys. Hard to review a movie without bringing that up. Bringing this up. Yeah. Especially a movie that deals with so much of it violence and sexual violence. Mm-hmm. But however, domination. We must do this. We did the same thing with the Jungle Book. We tried as best we can on the VVP show. Yeah, we're gonna try and keep it separate. We try to do that, right? We try to separate the artist from the art. We're gonna review yeah. the movie, and uh, unless you know, unless it's absolutely impossible, otherwise, uh, we'll try and keep controversy out of things yeah unless it needs to be in there uh which i I might have to bring it up here in some cases i think that because of the prevalence of rape in the film Mm -hmm. um it's kind of always at the forefront might come up guys let's get into the movie though and the movie isn't as dire as uh we're making it sound out to be it's it's no 12 years a slave it's it's not some slog that's you know I, i found the movie a little more you know Easy to watch. A little more accessible. A little more accessible. 12 Years a Slave is very... It's You have to endure that film. Mm. Uh, this is, yeah, more accessible. So I can see why Fox maybe wanted to... They saw wide distribution and it's a crowd pleaser. They tried their best to sort of position this as what I saw as like a, a slave version of Braveheart a little bit. It's a, the, an the, apt comparison. The, the narrative follows a very similar... Pathway. It's, a, it's a much smaller scale, mm-hmm. I think, than uh, and, William Wallace. Right? And spoilers, not successful. <laughs> well, obviously, when when you say not successful, like the whole well, they didn't end slavery with what no, Nat, Nat Turner obviously would never have ended slavery, no matter how no, many yeah. people he killed. I don't think Nat Turner actually believed that he could end slavery. I think that he believed that he could bring hope to people, like he could spread a message. Well, and it seemed like he knew it would be a long road, but he wanted people to stop. Like he wanted to ignite the spark, not, yeah, not yeah. necessarily. And and the fact that you know they, as you see at the end of the movie, that they took all those steps to uh, ensure him. that he had had no legacy. Crazy, just, is, yeah. just does the opposite. Right? We can we can get into that. That's insane what they did to his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very William Wallace, actually. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, this that's is medieval shit. Um, let's go this way, Mike. What did you think of Birth of a Nation? Uh, I thought it was a very competent film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it felt a little slow to me. Like, it took a very long time to build. Um, but, it, but it was okay. Fuck, I don't know what I thought about this movie. Honestly, I'm not sure how... Well, I, that's why we're here. You can, um, you can, you're on the couch. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually a therapist right now, the way All we're right. sitting. Okay, okay. Uh, hmm... This is based on a true story, right? Like, yes, Nat Turner is a real guy. Nat Turner is a real guy. You can get a. There's a lamp made out of his skin. Fucked. That it's is an axle grease that's still going. <laughs> no, I don't know about that, but his family owns the lamp. It just see, uh, Mike. Should we go back to you? No, no. I'm just trying to figure out how to not sound like a douche here. 
it just, I've seen so many slave movies recently that it just seems kind of like another one of those, like a retread. I'm very happy they're telling the, the Nat Turner story because I think it should definitely be told. Uh, and the fact that he rose up against this terrible, terrible situation and the oppression and sort of gave birth. It's not like he was responsible for the civil war or anything like that or the revolution, but uh, I think that whole uprising definitely played a part in all of it, and it was nice to see because I guarantee you that the entire country knew exactly what had happened uh, and people were outraged and that helped years later. My favorite part of this entire film was at the end when the boy who just did not understand all the violence that was happening and told on them uh, when they were going after all of the owners, uh, when they showed his face morph into a soldier fighting for the North, you know, fighting for the freedom of slaves in the civil war, just like the showing the impact this man had. Uh, and the, and the fact I guess I already jumped past spoilers. There's no spoilers here, right? No. It's like a biopic. It's history. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they like they cut him up and like made his skin into ornaments and shit like that and tried to... Which is not discredit. seen in the movie. Let's, no, no, let's, no. This yeah. isn't in the film. They just talk about it at they the end. They turned the, his fat into wheel grease. But that... grease. That at the end made me very happy that this film exists. Like just how hard these people tried to remove his legacy. Mm. And now we have this fairly large budget, uh, Hollywood film that I wish more people would see, but our theaters were pretty empty. Bizarre that nobody saw Um, it. Now immortalizing his actions in this medium. uh, I was very happy that I got to see it, but it, uh, it just seemed a little cut, cut and paste for me. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I, you guys share that opinion, but let's we're, find we're, out. We're going to get into my thoughts. Red, what did you think of Birth of a Nation? Um, what did I think? I, there were certain parts of it that I really liked. Um, I loved the Jefferson quote at the beginning. I can't remember it exactly, but it's something like, uh, I tremble when I think that God is just, uh, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Like, talking about the terrible things. That yeah, United like revenge is sort of always coming, sort of. Oh, like, and then... Uh, I thought that everyone in this movie really, I thought they really put everything into it. Like the Nat, the guy that played Nat Turner, Nate Parker, confusingly (laughs) when he, when he gets the fire in him, you know, when he gets the spirit in him and he starts preaching when his, uh, the scene where his eyes are welling up is absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if I've ever seen someone's eyes contain so much liquid without spilling, spilling over over that little, moment you know that that little tipping point yeah the the what i wanted to see more of was that that him getting the spirit in him and then when he would when he was doing that preaching it was as though it was there was two messages right it was he was he would be preaching in a way that he was saying what the slave owners wanted him to say but it was said to the slaves in a way that was like it was actually for them. It wasn't for the owners. It was like, here, I'm giving you hope. And I really liked that. I really liked how he was so skillful with his rhetoric that he was able to uh, to do that. And and I would have liked to see more of that. I agree. I That, that wasn't explored nearly enough for me you know, in, like, in a satisfying way. Like the slave owners are saying, preach submission. And, and 
while making them think he's doing so, he's actually preaching strength and hope and perseverance. Yeah, that's a good point. Like that, re- those scenes really stood out in the film. And and, and when he like, I'm I'm sort of anti-religion, and there was one scene. <laughs> Listen to our spotlight review. <laughs> yeah, there was one scene where uh, the the preacher, the white preacher, like starts sort of to get up in Nat Turner's face and starts saying scripture at him and Turner says scripture back and they go back and forth and the white guy can't do it he can't like he his apologetics are shit his game is salty and that is just like <laughs> it's he, like a he, rap battle at this yeah, point yeah but he drops the the wor- the heaviest bomb on someone like that you know he says like beware uh wolves that come in the sheep's clothing and the guy's like what you're calling me you're saying like blasphemy how dare you and I was like, I wanted to like fist bump. I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. He's exactly what's wrong with established religion. And you are the reason why it sometimes can be good. It, it It's amazing, as much as you hate religion, it's amazing how powerful these words can be, the, yes. the, the ways they can be twisted for good or for evil. They can be used in a good way or in an evil way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, It's crazy, right? There's... You know, before there was science to explain things, and and this was the way that to unite people and bring good things about. Like as I said, I don't believe in organized religion, but I think Nat Turner is an example of when it can really do good things. Hmm. If by good things I mean incite the <laughs> murder right. of like yeah, like dozens we can get into slave owning <laughs> sla- slave owning <laughs> yeah, families. we can get into if that's sold well enough. Um, I feel like Nat, there's an, but there is an opportunity to depict Nat Turner, like in, I don't know if it's true or not, but you could depict him in such an intelligent way that he's maybe even smarter than his master in some ways. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right? He's, he's yeah. that may, that could be, it might be even arguable in this film. That could have been developed more too. Like, I mean, they do show him as mm-hmm. smart as a kid and he gets the reading lessons, but not, not really that much. I mean, for such a long movie, it was weird that I feel like I didn't get enough of him as a kid. There was a lot of that dream sequence stuff happening with him. The, really, that yeah. wasn't explored very well. Um, they talk about the child of prophecy at the start and his initiation in that whole ritual and the three with the three the three dots on his chest. Yeah, I didn't get any of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, leave that out. And then and then he has the dreams, which. Like that part just wasn't delivered very well in the film. It was very disjointed. And we were dropped right into that strange campfire ritual sequence at the very beginning. Like I was completely lost. Well, I don't know about you guys. That but. I didn't mind so much. It was just the actual the prophecy and the dreams yeah. that followed from it. I really liked showing the African roots. Me too. All, every time with, we saw any hint of yeah. that, it looked awesome. When he's all in the caked in the white mud and stuff, like all that stuff is awesome. Well, and even as they imagery, even as they decide to fight back, it's sort of like a war band with mm-hmm. all their torches um, going back once again back to the roots. So I really like to see that mixed in with the religion that they've taken up. Um, the well, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Santeria. Uh, it's almost on its way there. Santeria came later, maybe. That's like voodoo and yeah, 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 yeah. Like a mixture of like Caribbean. Um, I. My thoughts here. I didn't like this movie, fellas. This movie's bad. Oh, I don't feel bad, bad. saying that. Tell I... me why it's bad. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to disagree or I just want to know why it's bad in your um, view. Let me just start here. Uh, this is more of a shame and it kind of makes me feel sad, but how, how ironic is it that in Nate Parker's intention to sort of 
quote unquote take back the title the birth of a nation from dw griffith and the all this you know kkk like that's a controversial movie in its own right you know the original birth of a nation controversial film Mm -hmm. in in this day and age so nate parker comes along i'm gonna take this title back you know i'm gonna make this when i when people say the name birth of a nation i want them to think of a good film not this thing that's not what happened no (laughs) at all like when i said how how ironic people this weekend that i'd seen birth of a nation they were like whoa you saw why did you watch you went to that it's like it's a new movie about slavery and they were like oh yeah, so it's it's you know in, in in his efforts to sort of take back the title from a controversial racist film, he's created his own controversial film with its own notoriety. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Like, for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but this this movie is just really, as you said, cookie cutter, and this movie's really poorly done. I don't know why this movie won Grand Jury at Sundance. It's it feels very pedestrian and very basic. Well, if if it won for anything, it's got to be the performance, because there are some very powerful moments for that. But yeah, that's, that's every, all I can see. Every everyone is really good. I I will admit, um, Nate Parker is excellent. He's really good. Army Hammer is really good. His teeth maybe get a supporting uh, yeah nomination. everybody's teeth like what like uh, oh, Union's was... teeth were like oh everybody's. They really Just dental hygiene. Yeah, they went out of their way to sort of, you know, highlight that that's not like nobody's would have good teeth. Like movies rare, rarely sort of make their actors look ugly. And this movie did a decent job of that, especially when uh, Cherry Ann is lying there completely beaten, you know, unrecognizable. Just completely swollen up. Yeah. Um, the opening sequence to this, to me, is sufficient enough, right? We get uh, Haley Joel, no, Jackie Earl. Haley, <laughs> a.k.a. Rorschach, right? Yeah. Who's a great actor. I really love this guy. I like guy. him. He, I like him. He seems just like cut right out of like, oh, we need a racist white guy, southerner, you know. He'll, he'll fit the bill. Like, just but bring. he'd also fit the bill as like an Icelandic, like. I can yeah, he can do him. whatever he wants, yeah. right? Any, anything pale. He's been typecast a little, which is too bad for him. He's a good bad guy. Yeah. Really. really. Um, but, I mean, I didn't find much like... There's an atmosphere of fear sort of set up there, but I didn't really find anything that, you know, dang- it didn't it didn't work for me at all. Um, was it common for slaves to be able to read? No. Do you guys know no. that wasn't? No. Yeah. And would that be not seen? A, not an outdoor, like not a field slave anyways. Yeah. So would that be seen as a threat or an opportunity to a slave owner? Well, that's slave gonna, owner? it's going to depend on the slave owner. In yeah. this movie, I know how it's depicted, but is is that representative of what it would have normally been like? Well, for that family, probably. Would they? I, w- I would think that that would be sort of a disadvantage to you know. You don't want them to be able to read. That would you know they could start learning shit and teaching shit, couldn't they? You know that would be the worry. I don't know. I think it it's very subjective. It would be right. Well, yes, and well. She kept him away from anything but the Bible, right? So, mm-hmm. so he never had a chance to was, read any. She other was books. doing her own little missionary work, I guess, without traveling. She was teaching the Word of God and how he, through the Bible to a savage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I did, I did kind of appreciate the early relationship between Army Hammer and Nat Turner, like as slave owner and 
I guess because he seemed half decent. Well, he's not the like the house slave, which is sort of the right hand man to like you know Sam Jackson's character in Django. Yep. Right? Yeah, right. Well, you you the, were sort of what co- was this guy's name? His name was like Clarence or Wallace or something. Yeah, and he's he like he's the sort of polite butler dude who's basically right hand guy to yeah to Army Hammer. He actually looked like he. I don't think he he probably had uh, one white parent. Yeah, it looked. Yeah, that's I think what this, the idea was. It's like they mixed all the time with the the people living in the house with them. Um, but in this case, uh, I like the relationship sort of established between Army Hammer and Nat Turner. Like it felt like there was a a slight friendship there at some point early on. I don't know if you guys agree with me. No, no. Like the, maybe when they were young, they used to play together or something. There, there was. And no, on screen. Like, when they're riding around in the, you know, yeah. in the carriage, like, I feel like a bit of a brother, a tiny bit of brotherhood there. Well, and it comes up a few times uh, when Army Hammer says, you know, you got it easy, like most slave owners or whatever. Oh, would, yeah, and he would. saves them from getting whipped by that yeah. jackass in town. So there's definitely a relationship there, and it's from them growing up together. Army Hammer's character was very interesting to see him degenerate over the course of the film. I didn't find that that happened in an, any like it. It happened in one night in what I thought like it was at that party. We can get to that in a bit. Yeah, that seemed. I, I didn't. You're gonna have to help me with that transition. That's true. It did kind of come out of nowhere. I did not he know got, what he the lost fuck himself was going in on. greed, though. I think it's not that far fetched. I didn't have that much of a problem with it. Okay. You know, like he said that my family used to mean something, like our name used to mean something around here. So he invites all those people and he gets drunk. He's obviously drunk. There's there's a dialogue drunk that's delivered, right, but excessively at the party. Like mm. there's dialogue just designed for us to see that he's really drunk. And then even later, where he, so it must be much later, he's probably like soup, you know, he's got to be more drunk. And he like who's left at the end of the night at a party? Is it the, you know, is it the people that are up to do good stuff or is it the people that might be into the mischief right so by the time you see him at the end of that and he's like he's lost it he's like just given into depravity mm-hmm. so when he starts hitting that and trying to get the guy to go to to bang a dude uh even though he's or no it's not to get the guy he's to get his, his wife, wife his wife he wants to get the, the yeah. guy's wife to yeah. go sleep with someone yeah uh, i i guess i mean it it, it is a nice like like the, from from the beginning to end I do see that whole arc and that degeneration of character you do have you do have to start with them maybe being slightly so, yeah close you know in some way um I thought that kind of worked but I didn't like when when it when the movie bursts into violence I was I, I didn't I thought I was watching new characters doing things that were just never set up but Anyway, well, yeah, because it's very interesting. I guess they have to start there, otherwise, uh, or they're still slaves to that master. But it's he only ever did, well, he only did that one bad thing. That's I guess I shouldn't say that. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, but to get to the whole religious aspect of this, uh, I, I just thought it was really interesting in concept to have you know the word of God initially being used sort of as an object of. Um, pacification yeah like oppression and control you know you must obey your masters the ones who are kind and and the ones who are harsh right well, this is a it's it is an interesting theme because it's how it actually works right mm-hmm. like religion is two things it's it's dogma like it's theory and practice okay theory is good and that's what we see in that 
practice is bad, and that's what we see in the Roman Catholic pedophilia ring. I mean, church. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> but I just I thought that the setup of the idea of it, you know, at the towards the beginning of the film, the, you know, the word of God is being used in this way of con- in a controlling to- a tool of oppression, mm-hmm. but then the film eventually transitions and the word of God is now being used as, as, as a tool of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, it unifies, uh, it provides hope. Like sort of a gateway to liberation mm-hmm. in a way. Well, it's liberation theology is, you know, I, I mean, I finding love, hope for the poor and downtrodden. Th- that, should be, that should pay off in such an inspiring and fantastic way where you have the, 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 uh, the weight of religion sort of weighing down so heavily. You know, religion's making... The, the lives of these slaves even worse. We never see any of that. It, the lives are just as poor as they always were. I, to see them sort of transition and and use religion in that way, I thought like there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, we get what one scene where he's on the steps and like we see them like the six, now they're all the into five it. Five or six slaves that he's preaching to are like praise the Lord. Yeah, that's like they just immediately start and then all of a sudden he's got a bigger church and that's it. that's it. And I guess they're probably. Sticking more to historical fact, I suppose, but it would have been great since it's a dramatic movie if he started on uh, the gallows at the end. If he did had his Braveheart moment where he uses the scripture that has been so central to his life just as one final blow to all the white folk. Yeah, I thought like, the same thing. Like the speech that he gave about the sheep, yeah, in wolf and sheep's clothing. Give a similar speech or say something then. To plant that seed in, you know, maybe the white woman that taught you to read isn't the only sympathetic ear around. And yeah, just let me let that. Yeah, it opens up all these these opportunities to interpret passages from the Bible in all these sort of different ways, right? Like, you know, the, here's these these words from the Bible, and this, you know, this context means something to these to 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 but the no, slaves and then it means something completely different but they're not even he's not even looking at things metaphorically like he's literally and he says it in the film he says for every uh for every line of verse that they throw at us about uh like submission and obe- obedience and everything there's another one about uh refute like throwing off your shackles and uh freedom and and he's talking about how the book itself can be contradictory yeah you just have to know how to read and you can find things that literally will, like there are there are contradictory statements within the book. So I you got to know how to read it, uh, bo- how to use it. Have you seen? I seen Book of Eli with Oh yeah, Denzel. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's a fun movie. Yeah, that movie I think did a better job of establishing like religious control, sort of, and the and the and the desire for this the word of God as this tool to control. You know the chaos of of you know people around you. Oh, it definitely plays with it in a different way, but I like the connection, John. <laughs> right? Do you yeah, like? Yeah. I don't know. I just I did think of that. Um, Gary Oldman in that movie wants like he's looking for the Bible because it's yeah, in the it's future and the and the only book he wants like he doesn't want these fucking Dan Brown books that are <laughs> lying around in the wasteland. He needs the Bible. He needs a copy of the King James Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, book of Eli, kind of dope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, do you guys get the sense like Nat's character is ever coming to any realization of the power that he that he holds? Like, I don't see him ever sort of no. saying, oh, you know, oh, this, this, you know, the word of God that I've learned over the years can actually be my 
by you know actually I can become free using this I can free all the people around me including myself not at all the only time like he basically uses it as a revenge a tool of revenge simply for selfish reasons for the most part it seems so he never realizes just how much power he has with it I don't think they don't show that very well I I I don't know if I agree with you guys I think he the whole reason that he's inspired to rebel is because he sees what they want him to do. He sees how religion can be used wrong. He sees some guy get his teeth knocked out with a chisel. Oh, he sees horrific things, right? And he, he experiences horrific things. And so when he learns to read, he discovers that this one thing that they're actually allowed to have is is so different from what they've been presented or the way it's been presented to them. So the fact that it's been hidden in this way and and he and all he has to do is is preach and so he figures that out that's why we see his sermons are the kind that the masters can hear them and think that there's he's saying what he's supposed to but the other slaves hear them and they're like chanting and screaming and and you know waving their hands in the air because they feel finally they feel hope or free or or whatever just for that that for while they're listening to him so i think we do we do see that and we do get a, a a few tastes of it but i do agree as i said earlier with you scott that it this idea is still not for me this is the interesting part of the film and it's not really given enough uh it's not analyzed enough or it's not no it's definitely an afterthought it seems and then what spurs these guys into action ends up being this sort of this is where it leads into real life is is the the violence committed against the women in their slave community right mm. that's what that's what really like they they're they're idly not idly they're 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 sitting by and allowing everything to happen as most slaves unfortunately did back then because they had no other choice they they get spurned into action based on you know basically two well, you know, very, very graphically off, you know, shown rape situations that that sort of tear them apart. Well, I'm not sure that spurs them to action, but it definitely plants seeds of dissent where there already were. Mm-hmm. It's his religious experience of being whipped that finally turns him to organize this squad and start rebelling. But I did you correct me if I'm wrong? Cherry Ann initially tells Nat that. You should let God sort out what needs to, what needs yeah. sorting. You know, basically let let God decide the retribution. I I know I you know I was raped by Rorschach and it was brutal, and I know you want revenge, which is a very powerful scene. Well, I might she, add. She quotes scripture to him. Yeah, she's the only person amazing. that does it the way he does it, and, and it's he's, a very and he's like he immediately is choked up he's like oh shit brilliant maybe my You're favorite reminding me my favorite single sort of moment in in all of the performances in the movie it, it, he just breaks down because he knows he can't argue with with her or the word of god yeah he wants to kill and she's like that's not what you've been saying this whole time but it all comes back because she when she says don't don't avenge me let god do it he he dillies and dallies and eventually just comes back and says God uh, told me. Well, uh, actually, God told me to uh, uh, avenge you. So, and she goes, "Okay, sure, avenge me." I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So, I mean, that's when I sort of I wrote here similarities to Joan of Arc. 
my brain started going there, and maybe that would have been an interesting angle for this movie to take. We we get show the message from God. The, maybe we see the messenger here, right? Like, do we do we see the delusions, quote, maybe of this man, and he's talking directly to God, and we're hearing the voice of God, and 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 we don't know to trust what we're hearing and stuff, and maybe that's leading him to do something that is mm, that's not as safe a movie though. You know, I guess it isn't for, but for Mr. What, Nate, Nate, uh, Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. There's some really interesting things that we could have played around with to make this movie maybe more uh, different, you know, make it stand out more from the pack. But uh, sorry, this was just a complete tangent. And I just thought of it. Uh, do the sunrise shots we get that are beautiful of the, co- the cotton fields over the cotton fields do those correspond with where his faith is currently because it's a it's bright to start off with but then it gets really bright halfway through the film and towards, oh there's an eclipse which that I is a brilliant note of the, the eclipse to start everything off but then afterwards it's sort of misty and foggy almost like when he's broken down and things have failed has he lost his faith at that point well i think the eclipse is a key part of this like it's a transition I, I guess of not really of day to night, but maybe of 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 something obscuring. I, I don't know. I didn't know what it was. I, I have well, a question mark they were looking for a sign from God. So, and they what could, what better sign than a solar eclipse? Yeah, like it's clearly something is being. There's a message, you know. That yeah. If somebody doesn't understand that, which no one would have back then, then what else do you think? Uh, so. On the religious tip here, the promised land is actually called Jerusalem. Yeah. They're, they're heading... This is a real town it's in Virginia, town. Yeah, by sure. the way. Just convenient, right? What Like, how? what are the odds? Like, how, how, how perfect is that? That that he died... Like, they, they killed him and strung him up and didn't, like, hung him in Jerusalem, Virginia. And that's where they were all leading. Let's go do this final battle, leading us all to Jerusalem, everyone. It's crazy. I don't know. Yeah, like it actually happened that way, right? It, yeah. it, it seems so ridiculous <laughs> yeah. that... I don't know. Um, so yeah, let's get to Army Hammer. And his crazy-ass fucking death scene. Ugh, that was brutal. Um, did, did you guys feel like he was depicted in Ruth in sort of a ruthless enough way for you to sort of buy his vicious, like Nat Turner completely tears him apart with an ax. And we get to see his heart beat for the last couple of drops. I don't, I don't know if the movie sold me enough on him being as horrible a person. As you guys said earlier, he was doing what he was doing earlier to, it's a horrible thing, but he's doing it for good impressions on the people who are visiting his place, right? Like, he, I don't think that Army Hammer is necessarily a, a horrible person. Mm-hmm. No, I in think comparison, that's, where, that's where he crossed the line. Yeah, he couldn't, they he, couldn't forgive him for what they did. For what he, he forced them to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I just, did you guys find it shocking in any way when he was killed? No. No, I expected it, but it was a little brutal. Like, I expected maybe it would be a little more. Or a little less wrathful than it was. That's what I kind of like. I'm perplexed by. Yeah. Like, is this moment earned? Is this is is the is the manner in which he is killed 
earned by the the movie as we go just by merit of the the prominence of his character i think um the the kill that i found the most uh, cathartic though was the decapitation yeah of those asshats that were just like the worst slave owners yeah you that was really well established when we arrive at that plantation and this is kind of what i'm talking about army hammer the the movie goes through careful steps to establish that army hammer is not like other slave owners but the rape I know that he is. I know. I know. It does cross the line when he gives permission to the other slave owner to rape a slave's wife. Unforgivable. It really is. He reveals himself to be no better than the others. I like. I I do like that. It's there's no turning back. He's now marked for death, just like everyone else in these plantations. But we do we do see a marked difference between Army Hammer and what, as you guys said, the satisfying kill of this guy getting decapped. They are ruthless, like throughout the entire movie whereas i don't know if army hammer is depicted as as that way like it's it doesn't not, it doesn't build it in the same way it's but, not just the rape at this point he has also turned on nat and had him lashed for an entire day basically yeah. so and he doesn't like it's not the grisly like visceral hands on that the decapitation is like that guy gets down on his knees and you hear the gristle and bone and the snap and the pop and then he holds him up by the hair. When Army Hammer, it's like Nat goes in and he like surprises him and he's like chop, chop, chop. And then he walks out of the room and stands in the hallway. Yeah. And Hammer, you know, crawls out and is scared and and doesn't really get what's happening. And then blood's pumping out of the hole in his chest. Really he, well done. That looks yeah. amazing. But but yes, it's brutal. But it's not in the same way that that. It's not like he doesn't have the the gristle on his hands. Well, he does have puke all, all over the side of the Yeah, he the does. House. And then he goes and barfs because he can't handle yeah. it. Meanwhile, like we show Hercules, that. who cut the guy's head off, is just like, meh. Who's next? Give me my mallet. Yeah, so it still feels a little unearned, though. Like, his, his, it, his really, death was earned, but just the manner... That's why it, yeah. it really it really caught me, caught me off guard. Like, well, I, How's I, he going to do it, then? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Choking, yeah, throw him off a building. No, I mean, I guess the way he he just waits for him to bleed out, and then he slowly just walks down the stairs with the nice, beautiful red cross in the window there behind him. Yeah, really well, like shot, and he doesn't do it in a butchering way. I he guess doesn't he chop of, him again in the face or anything. Yeah, you know? yeah, he just lands like a kill shot on his heart and lets him go. Yeah. Um, but as for this movie being like some like a sort of a bl- a brave heart wannabe mini slave heart um <laughs> oh, that's really horrible i'm going to hell uh there, 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 there's there's that, that um prima nocter nocte sequence in braveheart do you remember the one guy i think he's from he's not from walking dead the, the one guy who has to give up his wife to the english guards you know it's like on the on the night of we're gonna breed them out if we can't yeah. if we can't kick the scots out we're gonna breed them out and so prima nocte was this custom in first night that you got married exactly you would actually sleep with a english lord or an english knight and then you know that would sort of ensure that your son is actually not your son not scottish Mm -hmm. so that's what i felt like a little bit was going on with this it was sort of like you have to relinquish your wife and that's what spurs a little bit of this rebellion. Yeah. I agree. It was it was used showing like like um, the, the the oppression of these people and in the worst ways. And then 
you know, the final straw is this uh, handing the, you have to give us your women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that final rallying speech, guys, where they're all gathered and they're sitting, I think Nate, uh, Nat Turner says, ask his buddies, what time is it? This is 5.35. Kind of a nice moment. 5.30, 5.35. He he knows exactly what, it's kind of funny. He just looks at the, the sunlight and he sort of knows it's 5.35. And then they all go around and they say what they would be doing, right? They say at this about this time I'd be bringing in the my last load of cotton or something. I'd be, I'd be just you know washing up for the night. Like I, I that was that felt completely flat. I don't know if that worked for you guys. Like that's to supposed me, to be your final rallying moment. I didn't know a single one of the characters in the back. It looked like the lineup of like an NFL team or something that they just were like, Hey, are you guys busy? Can you come and shoot a scene in this movie for us? I mean, some of them were people they've plucked through the different plantations they went to throughout the film to preach at, right? That's where they kind of pull these people from. But you, I, I halfway through this movie, I realized has Nat, has Nat Turner talked to any, anyone else other than Cherry and his mom and army hammer. Like we don't meet anyone other than like our central characters, right? Like I didn't. Well, that he asked. Oh, yeah. That's why he asked her to marry him right away. He's like, "You're not my mom or my yeah. my aunt grandma. Um, marry me." So, guys, what do you think of the final battle? Kind of cool, kind of badass, like gangs of New York. Yeah, or? yeah. it was a little gangs gangs of New Yorky, <laughs> New Yorky. <laughs> yeah, uh, I liked it too. Yeah, it was good. Uh, good catharsis with. Uh, Jackie Earl Healy. Don't you love a slow knife insertion? It reminded yeah. me of... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do, by the way. It reminded me... Saving Private Ryan's of, of Yeah, exactly. The, the oh. Adam Goldberg, yeah. Private Mellish Jesus. ice scene. Yeah, getting one of those slowly pressed into your body would be really horrifying. Yeah. And he and he deserves that one. Um yeah. But yeah, we we talked about this off the top. I I I, I really did like, and it's ironic that the final scene of the movie is maybe the best and most poignant, sort of, five, fifteen seconds or so. Yeah, when when we cut to the Civil War, like the 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 guy witnessing this whole situation, you know, Nat Turner's death, his legacy being tarnished and turned into axle grease, but his it lives on through a single tear rolling out of his fucking eye and he's now a civil war soldier and we actually end the movie on a him and his battalion on a battalion of black soldiers or infantry or whatever yeah in, in in the civil war um no longer slaves or on the verge you know are like fighting, fighting for, their for, freedom. for freedom and and eventually getting it I, I thought that was that was really good the yeah. most poignant and interesting scene in the whole movie we just get going in on the last shot yeah yeah, it was the 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 end of the movie was the most interesting because we got that, and then we got the the sort of history facts about uh, you know what they did to Turner and and again that's that's the most the most interesting and shocking and poignant stuff in the movie is that last shot of the Civil War soldiers and then three paragraphs of text that they flash before the credits roll. That that was sort of the most interesting thing that we even saw really i don't know if if, if that's going too far but no because that was all about his legacy right and uh, how it was and, erased yeah well erased but yet not at the same time well, yeah because, how they wanted to erase it because they were scared 
and then well, that's what they did. Tenuous grip. That's why they dumped Osama bin Laden's bin Laden's body in the ocean. Like that. This is the exact same reason. We still do this. Yeah. Right. You don't want You don't want a gravestone that people can go to. You don't want to be able to visit. Uh. It would have been more. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was very. It would have been more interesting if it wasn't quite a slow burn because we like at this point we're all very aware of just how terrible. Yeah the slave owners were um so have him die much earlier in the film and then be the legacy build and, yeah and yeah. how it doesn't go away how it had that staying power like i, I would have been in for that no that's um that's our review of birth of a nation guys it, it i think it we really sort of pulled this one down as we went along here uh i don't I, know about I, you guys I, no i i'm still about where i was like i still like the things i liked about it but on the whole, this movie wasn't great. Hey, why in Jerusalem did the army wait until they killed all the other guys to step in? Because it looks cool on camera when you look, <laughs> all of like a sudden, you whistle, and then they, like, all your buddies show up. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. there was some dramatic license. What are you guys giving this out of 10? Uh, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Oh, pretty high, pretty high. Yeah. It, did, it did some things well. I'm actually... Right beside you, I'm also giving it a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay, I'm giving it a six. I think it's really generous. I can't give it a five and a half. It's not. It's not a horrible movie. No. Great performances. Great, great writing. Well, the performances really, on their own, visually, honestly. really well. This movie is just a wreck in terms of every other storytelling element that you see. So. I I have to say that the study group or whomever it was that was in the, the viewing with me, um, I I overheard them talking after, and several of them had been very affected by the movie, uh, moved to tears several times. Um, these are black people, by the way, I should mention. Uh, so I think that maybe we can't necessarily... Like, it's important to recognize that we're all white we're guys. three white guys. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So we, like. We we probably can't see this this movie the way that uh, you know black people or or any uh, visual visible minority. Yeah, would. there's there's an element of like identification that we would just never have yeah. right? and they are incapable of yeah. understanding. So yeah, for sure. Um, knowing that it did reach those people in my theater um, shows me that it is perhaps a more powerful film than I can give it credit for. Mm-hmm. So that that might help give it that seven. And I think our our criticism with it are more on the really interesting ideas that it squanders. Yeah, you're right. Rather than things that it just does really terribly. Mm-hmm. It's there's there's a lot of potential here for something awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but that's it everybody. The Birth of a Nation is playing now in wide release. Who knows for how long because this thing is a train wreck of a box office yeah, disaster. Not getting a lot of bums in seats. Ghost towns. Fuck, man. Crickets in one of the most empty theaters I've been in in several years, you know, even even in today's standards. Uh, but if you see it and disagree or agree with our takes, please let us know. Verticalviewing at gmail.com. We'd love, love to, to hear from you. We really would. This one is worth seeing, uh, if only to be part of this conversation. Absolutely. Well, so we're familiar with this film simply because we're film buffs, right? No one else knows about no it. No one. There, there's zero marketing for this. No. Do they want to 
just let it die on the vine and let that investment disappear and maybe uh, did they feel like election might be overshadowing things uh, but putting up signs on birth of a nation and marketing the hell out of this movie feels like maybe you're you know going going to support nate parker's current he situation he wasn't you know, a scientologist you know so it doesn't have the nor- the usual backing that Ooh. hollywood brings with it yeah you want to join the church of scientology get some protection there yeah yeah and you've Do got despicable things yeah you've got trump keeping the ugly uh, ass shit the minorities down so <sighs> bad time for this movie to come out that's, yeah, that's our uh, yeah fuck man i can't wait for this this election to be over um that's our podcast everybody where can we find you on the internet uh i'm on twitter at jared underscore sergeant right uh, I, at Michael R. Lind, as long as they haven't shut down my account yet. Just for inactivity? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I am at Scott Wilson, BC. That's with two L's. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. You can find the show on, on Instagram. Yeah, we're at Vertical Viewing on Instagram. Which we have a nice little tweet up showing the really packed theater uh, up in Park in Tilford. Oh, no, this was... Uh... Scotiabank Theater. Oh, you went to Scotia. Mm. Scotia Malloy. It's a late show. Yeah, so even worse, because that's a big theater downtown. Should be pretty busy yeah a yeah, lot of bums can fit in those seats nope. so next week on the show we are reviewing the accountant starring ben affleck super looking forward to this one uh on twitter at vertical viewing vertical viewing at gmail.com like we said please let us know if you have any suggestions recommendations thoughts whatever you can go to verticalviewing.com. you can please hit the donate button please 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 oh my god it helps us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show. We appreciate everything anyone can do. Donate a recipe. We'll get you some shout outs if mm. you if you just communicate with well, us. Well, I mean if if you if you write into verticalviewing at gmail.com, we will read whatever you say. So we're like we just go straight Ron Burgundy on that shit. We don't even censor it or read it first. No. So we don't know what we're gonna like say. Trump could say something and we just like we sort of screw ourselves. We just grab shit by the pussy. Oh my god, Jesus. Oh, god. So good, right? Um yeah, verticalviewing.com, on iTunes, leave your best recipes. Pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is always in season, if you ask Mike, because you can always just buy the puree wherever you want. I think you can just buy the pies You sure you can, want the pie to, shells. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Christmas time or Thanksgiving. Any final thoughts, guys? Final thoughts? No? Yeah. On Birth of a Nation. Uh, I think that if you're not seeing this because of the controversy... Uh, it's worth being a part of the conversation. So see it. Yeah. 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 I second that. That'll do it, kids. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, keep it vertical. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs>